Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bowties, fresh off of episode 100 and the bonus episode, Road to 100. We had to do a little tweak into that one, though. Um, everything should be good to go now, right, Flo? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> it's going to be updated for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I already... I already um, downloaded it the, uh, the stuff i just gotta update it but i'll do all that in the same time from editing the other episode tonight so um yeah we yeah. forgot we we'll forgot some pivotal uh points or pivotal moments in our career that we want to add in so so yeah, yeah. take a listen when y'all uh i guess get a chance which will be it will be updated when y'all get this <laughs> Oh man! Anybody yeah, got an on-man moment? A dope episode. Nah, I'm a, I'm gonna just be quiet on mine. I had a had a wild all man. It's still going on. Interesting. Um, never cease to amaze me, son. Um, <laughs> all man moment. I guess my old man moment was editing that Road to 100 episodes, son. That joint gave, was... Gave you a bit of issues? That joint was slightly confusing, son. And you know what? What made it a little bit difficult more than normal is because I had to, like, really listen through the time frames mm. to, like, really make sure that either they were correlating, matching exactly what niggas was saying in the actual episode. So it's like, I was doing I was just like, well, wait. This 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 part don't make no sense. And then I realized I never time framed out my parts. So it is like I'm giving descriptions, but I never time framed out where the fuck I was giving my descriptions on. So I had to literally listen through all of the episodes I did. I was just like, yo, oh, this shit's taken. Yeah, that ain't it. You that fucking idiot. You fucking idiot. Your uh, your time <laughs> frames were inaccurate too, nigga. <laughs> what is you talking about? Everybody has flaws in every one of them joints, right? <laughs> but it was still fun though because it, it it gave me a chance to reacclimate myself with a lot of stuff and um just get some giggles out of it, man. Like I, I had forgotten about a lot of those conversations. So it was dope to kind of re-listen to them and gave me an opportunity to like really refresh my memory. So you didn't laugh. Stuff we did. You just had a few giggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You motherfucker. There was a few good laughs, mm-hmm. but a lot of it was just like, yo, like we really are entertaining, son. Huh? Nah, <laughs> I definitely really listened to 
I listened to it uh, once through um, just to make sure that everything was cool. And I was dying. There's there's some conversations that just had me on the floor. Facts. Like, I was trying to chop shit to let it end at certain points. I was like, nah, this has to end right here. This I heard some differences <laughs> in some of the episodes. I said, I was like, I tell him to edit there. This nigga who added that extra piece. That's <laughs> oh, a fact, bro. But uh, it was dope editing it. Though. It, was just, it was just longer. It was very time consuming. But Yeah, I figured, um, bro. That's why I was like, maybe I should uh, edit yeah, I should have took pieces. you up on that offer, bro. I, was, I, I, I didn't think it was going to take that long. I should have been like, nah, nigga, chop them shits up and send it <laughs> and let me do it. But um, it was still dope, though. I hope y'all enjoyed that episode. Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of people ran to it. I saw the numbers kind of jumped as soon as it dropped. It's that oh, it's, it's it's just the number one hundred, you know that that means a lot to a lot of different people. Talking about the bonus Facts. episodes. Oh, the bonus shit. Oh, and the bonus shit. I didn't actually get actually shit. I don't even think I fucking promoted that. I think that's the only episode I haven't promoted. Yeah, I'm gonna make a, a dope graphic for it. We just telling people all the type. Yeah, we just right telling now. people. Yeah, we but, telling uh, them extra stuff. Uh, Numbers but, are still looking good though. It's definitely building up. But yeah, all right. Well. Huh, I mean, just when you listen, last week we did the episode, and normally once once we drop the episode, I go back on and I check what's happening in the news, and I look to see what I think the week is going to look like. And so after we uh, recorded last week, I uh, checked everything, and I thought, okay, we're gonna have a snow a slow news week. We're gonna have some fun on the podcast. We're going to talk about some bullshit yeah. and have a blast. And obviously that is not the motherfucking case. Not we the have motherfucking way case. too many things to talk about. Uh, so I hope you gentlemen are here to pod because <laughs> we can't be potting <laughs> for a while today. But um, but yeah, y'all want to get straight into the shits? Let's get straight into the shits. Yeah, first and foremost, you know, shout out to all of the uh, guys. Sway, uh, we got Donnie Simpson, Angie Martinez, and the Breakfast Club, um, and as and the Breakfast Club, um, and favorite moments. Oh uh, shit, favorite moments. I don't really know well, how. What are I, your favorite moments uh, from each inductee? So uh, know exactly Donnie Simpson can't speak on that. Uh, cause uh, don't know him either. I yeah, don't know much don't, about that. Don't really have a favorite. Uh, I just I just know that he's a black man. So shout out to you being a black man. Okay, <laughs> moving right the fuck along. Uh, shout out to my guy Sway. So Sway actually, I remember watching Sway on fucking TRL. I remember when Sway was first growing out his locks. I remember when um sway was one of the first black dudes i actually seen in his position on that platform and i was like that's a fact he's the only one doing this shit like because remember it was him, him and t- bill bellamy and tory taurine or Tor- what however you say that okay name? yeah 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 and Torrey. Torrey. Torrey, yes Torrey. and i i, I remember him i i just remember <laughs> sway being so cool sway being so down to earth and just to see Sway's growth from being on that platform, learning as much as he did, and then he crossed over into Sirius XFM and he, you know, created, um, you know, his platform. And I just thought it was amazing to finally, you know, give this man his Radio Hall of Fame roses because not only does he deserve it, Sway is a hard... If you listen to Sway 
on Sway in the Morning. Sway be talking his shit, man. I be like, this motherfucker right here, man. So big shout out to Sway. Um, Angie Martinez, I mean, what can I say? You know, started out as a as a rapper, you know, made a few dope records. Um, beautiful as always. You know, a lot of people uh call her, you know, the the, you know, like the the queen of, you know, what she does in her industry in terms of radio, being a radio personality. Started with Hot 97 and then got that fucking back at the motherfucking Breakfast Club with Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, and DJ Envy. Power 105. Power 105. Power 105. Power 105. Um, but yeah, so, you know, shout out to, you know, Angie Martinez for being a trailblazer, you know, being a woman, you know, being a woman of color, you know, being a Spanish-speaking woman of color, you know, holding it down for her people and uh, breaking barriers, you know, making headlines and, you know, letting people know that it can happen to you. And, you know, last but not least, you know, the motherfucking Breakfast Club. You know, I remember not listening to Charlemagne the God um, prior to him being on the Breakfast Club. I didn't really listen to him until he got on um, the Breakfast Club. However, shout out to my big bro, XAB. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot to him until he got on um, the Breakfast Club. However, shout out to my big bro, XAB. I learned a lot about the, about the life of Charlemagne the God in his book. Um, on bra on black privilege and the shit that he went through, um, where he's from, you know, Monk's Corner, you know, uh, South Carolina. Listen, man, Charlemagne, you that motherfucking guy because for you to have been in uh, certain shootout situations and you haven't beef with your dad and you haven't quote unquote alleged rape allegations, yo, you survived a lot of shit, my guy. You survived a lot. So, um, big shout out to him and you know everybody else on the Breakfast Club. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's been great to grow up with these people and, uh, we'll be taking your spot soon. Yeah. Uh, speaking of allegations is definitely a lot. Of course, we got to go back into the Meg situation and we got to go into this Trey song stuff, but Trey Flo, you got, wow. you got, uh, any highlight moments from, from any of those, those inductees? Um, listen, man, you know, I, Definitely Sway in the morning watching MTV growing up. That's for sure. Angie, you know, rapper to Hot 97, you know, her voice is iconic, is highly recognizable. And um, Breakfast Club, man, hey, you know, that that whole crew, Charlemagne, Envy, you know, I know about Envy since his Def Jam days. And um, I mean, not Def Jam, I was so, so Def days. And um I got to know Angelie on the Breakfast Club. Not know, but I became familiar with who she was on the Breakfast Club. Mm -hmm. And Charlemagne as well. I didn't know him beyond. I never really heard of him beyond that. I mean, you you, you hear about his past. But, um, yeah, they're all wonderful people. Charlemagne is another. The Breakfast Club is iconic now. I get a lot of information through them, and they make it enjoyable and entertaining to listen to. So, and that's yeah. I, th I think that's a really dope aspect of radio is when you can make a show where people can get information and stay informed but enjoy doing it i think that obviously that's something that we strive to do uh as a podcast so uh some of my favorite moments from these people definitely sway with kanye cannot forget about that moment yo uh that, that is a that will definitely go because i bought sway you your first like tv sway Sway looked like he was ready to beat his ass. Like, all right, my nigga, you 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 talk a you talk a little crazy right now. My next favorite Sway moment uh has to do with thou 
who shall not be named, but we're going to name him just for this real quick. Uh, Sway with Tory Lanes when when Sway stood up. <laughs> no, when Tory stood up and it was, it was the same. same <laughs> <laughs> dangling legs, boy. That cat was dangling with chill. That legs was dangling, son. That shit was hilarious. That shit was crazy. Uh, so those are my two favorite from, from Sway. Because Sway, uh, someone pointed out that Sway tried to tried to sit back down to not make Tori look so short, which was hilarious. But, but yeah, so those are two of my favorite. Angie Martinez just gets a lot of dope interviews. One of her standout interviews is with Safari when he just got robbed, and she sat down with him, and he, he cried on her show. Uh, and he was, like, shot at or No, not shot at, but he had guns to him and stuff like that. Um, but that interview was a standout interview. Because everybody goes to Angie and treats her like they're her mom or auntie and they open up and that's like one of her one of her skill sets. So that one sits out to me. And then the Breakfast Club just has so many. We got we have a lot. We have obviously this Kiki Palmer one that has spiked back up in the news feed. Uh we have the, the early di- the yeah. We got all of the six nine interviews. We have a lot of their early stuff when Charlemagne was really bugging out and wilding out. But I think all of them, and I don't know much about Donnie's song. I can't really speak much. I, I, the name is familiar, but I have never really listened to R.I.P. to Donnie, Donnie just being a black brother. Thank you. R.I.P. <laughs> why'd you say R.I.P.? Oh, why? Rise in power, man. Okay. okay. All right. Um, I but- think y'all think this is crazy. <laughs> Hey, don't don't entertain it, Flo. You look like you're trying to entertain it. <laughs> Yo, I was going to go in on him just now, so I, I had to restrain myself a little bit. Yeah, like, niggas is crazy. The fuck else do niggas think that's going to mean, bro? Rising power. Rising power. Oh, he he keeps acronym now, nigga. He, like, keeps, he keeps rising in power, man. Shout out to that brother. Anyways, um, but yeah, I think I think they all changed the landscape of radio. And that allowed for this podcasting space to kind of be introduced in the sense that it is now. So that's that's pretty Facts. dope where people are putting out opinions uh, and trying to be as real and authentic as they possibly can be. So that's really uh-huh. dope. And speaking of real and authentic, Young Dolph, he uh, did an interview with The Breakfast Club and he says he hates fame because it connects to attention and he feels people will do anything for attention. How do we That's feel about that statement? God bless that young man. I think his circle is changing and, you know, he's he's saying what he always wanted to say. God bless him. Do do you feel like attention is is attached to fame? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh I don't I don't necessarily think it started out that way, but I think in 2020, 100%. We not even we not even famous yet. And you see the attention the podcast has been getting. I want to say within the last 10 episodes, this podcast has been getting attention that we've never got before. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess atten- have been hitting differently. I guess what he meant is it, it leads to attention seeking behavior. So people doing anything for attention, which I do agree with. I think that is more prevalent though with the rise of social media. I feel like with the ability to quote unquote clout chase and do wild stuff, I think that fame is now really truly associated with uh attention. 
And I don't think it started out. I think there was a distinction between that before. Like when Michael Jackson and them were famous, it wasn't necessarily for attention. It was for a talent or an ability um, that stood out amongst a crowd and somebody discovered it, felt they was going to make money over it, off of it and pushed it to the forefront. But now, now fame is, is kind of closely knit with getting a blue check on any social media platform. So people will literally go against their morals just to, just to see their numbers increase and get a blue check next to their name. So I, I think there's a big distinction, though, like what you said. There's a very big distinction between being famous and clout chasing. At the end of the day, to me, being famous is being, being recognized for the talents you have and mm-hmm. then getting that said attention for that said talent. When, when, you, get, when you become popular because of doing something that you said is going against your morals or you're doing a stunt just to create a wow factor Mm -hmm. that to me isn't famous and that's not what true fame is because fame is something that doesn't happen overnight fame is also something that's built and lasts i was gonna say long like this it's a longevity thing like you're not i don't be like when people say oh you got it 15 seconds of fame like there's no such thing as that I think people who are really famous, they that lasts as a lifetime. It, 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 it doesn't just come and go. Like Some people become very popular for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. But to be famous is you don't even have to do that said talent anymore and they still know your name. Right. You feel me? It's like, it's like Mariah Carey is famous. She don't got to make another record for the rest of her life, but you see instantly recognizable you yeah. know it's like she's instantly rec- recognizable like same thing michael jackson michael jordan these people their talent put them in a different in a different space that's Some a fact because michael jackson never yeah. got to make a record ever again in his life you're right my ever brother. again the man the man is the man is dead you know like right. to be to be just really blunt like he's no longer mm. on this plane with us but if he wanted to come back still and make another record he could you don't even have to, bro. I could throw on Trilla and still feel as if though I'm there in that crowd watching him perform it, bro. Like it's still it's still that it still resonates with me that much. And same thing with Michael Jordan. I was watching that documentary on on Netflix and at the end of the day it still brought back a lot of memories and you still got to be like, "Damn, that man was a beast." So Dolph, I think what what Dolph was trying to say is that he hates what it people perception of fame is because for mm-hmm. them they think that becoming famous one allows them to make money which is a very 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 false perception and two a lot of people are just doing it because like we all agree they're just doing it to clout chase they feel like getting that blue tick is going to put them in a different space there's a lot of people <coughs> with blue ticks that are broke so Hundred percent. F- figure out why you're doing it. You feel me? Like know why you're doing all these risks. Because a lot of these people you see out here doing all these gimmicks, still ain't really making no money. They're just doing it because, you know, they get to walk around and be like, "Yeah, I got a million followers." Yeah. You feel me? So, and and what does that really mean at the end of the day? Because fame, I think another distinction to make is fame is associated with money. You can be famous and broke. But that's that's like an exception to the rule. Like, that's a very rare exception at that too. Like you typically get uh, rich off of your fame. 
So what and what's happening now is people are getting famous off of nothing and then they don't know how to monetize it. They don't know how to monetize it. Yep. I don't know much famous people that are broke, to be honest with you. And the ones who are broke, there's certain levels of scandal or certain certain like really big fuck ups that happen along their career path that put yeah. them in that predicament. By the traditional but, sense of famous, there there have been a few people who have been famous and broke. Um, but the more noticeable notable cases would be like MC Hammer when he blew his money, and even then he wasn't like broke to the point of what we would consider broke. But he was broke to the point where IRS he was lost a to, lot. Of, yeah, yeah, he lost a lot of that. Like Wesley Snipes, there's a lot of them that fell off the path. But like I said, it's not once you famous. But once you're famous, it's like, can you ever really be broke? Because exactly what, five years later, Wesley Snipes was in movies again. You're up again. Like, you you could never. That's why I'm just like, I don't really consider it broke because then, you know, a lot of them put themselves as like Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, you could have said Mike Tyson went broke, but did he really ever go broke? You feel me? Like, he made bad decisions with his money, but... He didn't go broke off of his talent, and that's the biggest difference. He made personal life decisions that were just bad decisions, financial yeah, ones. The moment they said, yo, Mike Tyson is fighting again, people are running to that. People running are, to that. Like, that's and that. He's and he's 52, I He's think. going to kill that dude, son. <laughs> Roy Sugar? Jones? I don't no, know. Um, not, yeah, Roy Jones. Uh, he's Roy Jones? going to go to town. Let's see, bro, because Roy joins ain't Roy, Roy ain't Roy ain't no pussy, bro. Like that, Roy, Roy got hands. That's what's up. Now. We've been seeing the Tyson tapes, though. Those Tyson tapes look scary. Have you have you seen Roy Jones? I'm, why am I saying? Why can't I say Jones properly? Son? I can't. I, I tried it too, and I just stopped. Roy Jones. Roy I Jones Junior. Roy Jones Junior. What is the why? Is the why? We know about J. Roy Jones Senior. Because the nigga was also a rapper. He dropped the record. Y'all must have forgot. But your son against Iron Mike with the nigga, the nigga that got the tat on his face. We good. We good. Roy Jones in his time, just like Mike in his time frame, had their run. They were both, they were both unbeatable in their time frames. Let's not act like Roy Jones ain't... Why the fuck am I not saying Roy Roy Jones? It's a, it's a tongue twister. Roy, why? Let's you need, not you need me to Roy you need me to Jones. take a you need me to take a look in your mouth, Flo? Nah, I'm good. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Oh. Um, but Roy Roy Jones <laughs> fucked up my whole thought flow, bro. Roy Jones is definitely so. not a pushover. Um. And I I got my money on Mike, but see X is a small it'll be man. Entertainment. Either way, it's gonna be hella fucking entertaining. X is a small that man. Much I can entertaining tell fight. Tyson is not an entertainer, fellas. He's a brawler. He ain't going in there to look pretty. He's going in there to fuck shit up. If Tyson is ha- has that same anger, and he said he stopped fighting because it he had to hold on to too much anger to fight. But if if he comes vicious, that fight might be three rounds. But <laughs> If we see a different type of Mike, if if fifty two then did something to Mike, then that could be a very entertaining fight for sure. I don't want to see ten rounds. I want to see three and a half. I don't even know uh, if I want to see old dudes boxing. To be honest, I mean it's just gonna be fun because it's just, it's nostalgic. You feel me? Like it's it's just 
You just want to see they still got it. And that's the main thing right there. We got to describe so, old because we got niggas out here that's 54 that look nowhere near uh, Tyson's 52. And they're not boxing. They just don't look good. This I mean, fact. all I'm going to say is that it's it's dope to see that they're still doing what they love to do. And, you know, either way, it's going to be entertaining. Because ain't they're the bag in fantastic shape. Ain't the bag 10 million, if I'm not mistaken? The bag is 10 mil, right? It's something 10. I don't, I don't what know what the is. numbers are. Yeah, it's something. It's 10 something. Which is fantastic. So nigga, that'll, nigga, ain't getting 10 mil if I right now. Nigga, that'll, that'll jumpstart a nigga whole fucking career. Nigga, you you good. You ain't got to fight again now. Nigga, we, all the money Tyson lost, he done got it back. Minutes, I don't, I don't I think they're trying to start a, my life. I don't think they're trying to start a career off this shit again. No, like, no, 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 no. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Um, so Young Dolph also said that he he's willing to cut his day ones off for things like not taking care of their kids or their business. How y'all feel about that? Because Young M.A. has also spoken about cutting off day ones, um, but she said it based off of she feels like her day ones are entitled to her success. So, like, what would make y'all cut off a day one? Interesting, young MA. Very interesting. Um, what would go ahead, distinguish my bad. I think I think what would make me cut off a day one is if the day one feels like without them, distinguished would have never been distinguished. Also, too, what would make me cut off a day one? This is actually someone that we all know. Um. I'm not going to say this person's name. It is what it is. God bless that person. But um, if somebody goes around and says that they manage you or that they help put you in a position and they never did and they tell multiple people and it's not true, um, that would make me cut a nigga off if they was a day one for sure. Like, you just lied. Where the receipts at? You know what I mean? Where the car payments? Mm. You wasn't wasn't with me shooting in the gym. Um, Also... For me personally, I feel like I've gotten better now. But, you know, er- earlier on when I first met y'all, XAB knows these things. It, it was nothing for me to cut niggas off. Honestly, like it was if a nigga did something stupid money wise or if if it was affecting what, you know, we had going on at the time. And I just felt like at that particular moment, it didn't make sense. I'd be like, you know, I'm cool off apologies. I just don't want to fuck with you like that. There's actually like to this day. And this is probably bad to say. There's two people, women in particular, there's two people that I told directly. I said, don't you ever contact me again in motherfucking life. I don't give a fuck where we at. We old, whatever. Don't contact. Don't hit me for shit. And if I still seen them to this day, I probably would still feel the same way. I probably would still keep the same energy. There's nothing. There's just nothing to talk about. Interesting. Uh, interesting, son. Um... I don't know if I could really ever cut a day one off. Um, you would have to do something detrimental that's either jeopardize my longevity or there's three things that will make me cut a day one off. That And I, when I said cut off, I would I would still have to be like cut off dealing with them on a business level. Nah, I mean permanently. I mean... Nah, permanently is, is kind of hard for me because you would have to really do something fucked up that for me for for me to get to that point. But for me to stop fucking with you, I would say there's three factors. You would have to do something to fuck up my longevity, 
and it would have to be on purpose, not by mistake. Mm-hmm. So you did something on purpose to fuck with my, that's something that would feed my family. Two, you would have to try to commit harm against me. And I'm not talking about a scuffle because niggas, niggas get into scuffles. It happens. It's not common, but it happens. People have disagreements. But I'm talking about you put my life in danger on purpose. Mm-hmm. And three, you tried to fuck my wife. It would have to be those three things or try to cause damage to my children. That, third, some type that, of, that third one, whoever that nigga is, send me the Addy boy. We all jumping in with yeah, that one, boy. Like, if you, if you purposely try to fuck my wife, like... Come on, son. Like we got a problem, son. Like we, <laughs> I won't fight you, but you can't come around me no more. I might still punch you in the mouth just just to make a point, <laughs> but um, it would have to be one of those three things for me to stop fucking with you completely. Anything else beyond that, I feel could get handled through a conversation, um, or you know, people just grow apart. You feel me? But day ones, you have to be very funny with day ones because. It all depends what role that day one played in your life, too, because there are day ones that put you in a predicament for you to win. You feel me? So you can't you can't just go off that notion. People go and lie because people have egos and people want to feel as if though they played a part, especially when they when they're around success. They want to feel like they had a role to play in that. That's just how people are. That's just human nature. So that type of thing wouldn't trigger me as much. But um. It's hard, man. People become entitled. That's just the reality of it. People become entitled, especially when they've been with been there with you since Jump Street. I think for me, if you are if if you have been involved in multiple things where you have made people extremely uncomfortable, um, if I found something like that out. From my day one, um, when I'm talking about like extreme, like the extreme capacity of it, um, I'm definitely putting distance between me and someone I consider day one. I don't know if I'll 100% cut them off solely because I would be maybe actively trying to help them get help in that area. But if it's becoming a thing where this is like we didn't have multiple conversations, I didn't try to steer you in the right direction multiple times. And you still are doing behaviors that are like really like some wild shit. Um, then yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to at least put distance, and we could communicate maybe sparingly, because um, I just don't want to be associated with with no really wacky shit. That yeah, that ain't that ain't it. That um, definitely like like y'all said, trying to do harm to me or my family. Or anybody I consider family. Um, I mean, depending on your reasoning, this is either going to be a conversation between you and said person, or uh, me and you can't really fuck with each other. Depending on depending on your reason, if they did something to you and you're trying to retaliate, we're gonna have to figure that shit out. But um, if this is just some malicious shit, you don't like this person, so you decided you wanna be malicious towards them or you want to do some wacky shit towards them i don't know i don't know if i could fuck with somebody like that because uh if they willing to do it to that person they sure ain't mind doing it to you (laughs) some point in time um definitely if you do something malicious with money you try to steal from me 
You try to put me in a bad position on purpose with money. You you get jealous because of money. Any of those things, I'm looking at you sideways and I can't keep you around the same way. Um, And if you, if you, yeah. Yeah, it goes back to the first point too. If you do something malicious towards me like multiple times and you y'all all know i'm very forgiving so i'll forgive but too forgiving. but when i that's debatable but when i get to my point where i don't <laughs> where i'm not gonna forgive you you're stuck like you there <laughs> it's, it's hard for you to move from that space so i said debatable <laughs> it is debatable it's not debatable bro we're not everybody doing this has, on the podcast bro it's not everybody debatable everybody got they everybody got they it's not debatable bro I'm I'm not gonna say X is too forgiving. I just this think crazy. X, X likes X loves a challenge. I've come to that conclusion a while back. X X appreciates a good challenge, especially if he sees potential in something. Listen, listen, I think the listen. Last piece of what you said is 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 the prominent piece. If I see somebody's potential, I'm willing to forgive things that are not gonna that have not affected me to the point where like I'm like, oh shit, or affected my family. Once you start getting to a point where I feel like my family would have an issue with it, or or it's like, I don't give a fuck about your potential at this point. Your potential ain't even worth it. Like what you're doing has superseded your potential, then I'm I'm through with you. But sometimes that takes a lot because sometimes a lot of what where I come from in that capacity is a lot of people come up from fucked up situations, man. And that's just the reality of the situation. So it's hard for me to judge you the same way I would judge somebody who has a clean slate, who's never done, who's never been through some wild shit. Uh, because I judge those people differently. Like, I have ish. If you've never really had a hard situation and you're doing wacky shit, you're, you're choosing to do wacky shit, in my opinion. But if that's all you've grown up from and you don't know no better, it's, it's easier for me to forgive you. I respect it. I respect it. Okay. All right. I'm just saying. You, know, right. you, try, you try to stab me, I'm going to stab you All right. in the neck. That's a totally different situation. Right. I ain't never never dealt with no one trying to stab me. I know. I'm just fucking around. But, I, can't be but in, yeah. I can't be in no situation knowing somebody done did some stupid shit to one of my guys. And I'm fucking breaking down on the other end of the, 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 the information crying? Nah, nigga. It's clip, boy. Nah, I can't. Just to clear up, I ain't never cried on the phone. I'm talking about <laughs> me, nigga. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't I know. I mean, bro. listen, me, me I, and you have two different emotional thresholds. No, no, I was things, say, it really depends too on your emotional threshold. There's certain things that you you deem to be like wild wacky that doesn't really affect me. I don't look at it. I'm like, yeah, it was wacky, but it doesn't affect me. So I think that also plays a factor. Like there's certain things that you look at and you're like, oh nah, that person violated. And for me, I'm like, I don't really see it as a violation, but they did some dumb shit. So I got to look at it as dumb shit. So I think the things that I see as violation kind of are in a different sphere. Now, both of y'all are saying that it's in a totally different sphere. So I will take on the fact that y'all feel like maybe I'm too forgiving. Yes. But it's just that a a lot of things. Yes. A lot of things don't even affect me, though. A lot of things are just like, okay, they did some stupid shit. And I keep it pushing. Man, I wish it did. I, mean, I, I, I wish it did sometime, Flo, so that X I see, can I've see seen, the dark side. I've seen X do it. He can I've see seen the dark X side. Moving, I've seen X move in this capacity in two different ways, though. I've seen him be forgiven in certain situations, and I'm just like, if it was me, I would have clipped it. And I've seen him 
clip certain situations that I would have kind of turned a blind eye to. So it really depends on the scenario at hand. Everybody has their own thing because there's certain things that that he would do sometimes, and I'll be like, I in my mindset, I'll be like, well, I wouldn't have reacted that way, you know. But everybody has, like you said, emotional threshold is different. Things that you might be willing to tolerate, other people might not be willing to tolerate. There's certain things that you do distinguish that I would just be like, hell fucking no, <laughs> that you tolerate. And there's things that you don't tolerate that I would tolerate. So that's a fact. You know, like everybody's everybody's approach to it is different. I just feel like when you're talking about day ones, cats that's been through the battle with you, yeah, it's you a little can't harder. just cut them off off of random small things, especially if it could be had through a conversation. You feel but me? But if we could fix it through a conversation, I'm gonna fix it through the conversation. I'm gonna fix sure. it for sure. I think I'm not gonna just cut you off. I think the ultimate thing is one. How we view the term second chances and the flip side of that, too, is how we really view in the grand scheme of things. We're talking XAB, you know, worth 25, 30, 50 mil. Podcast is the greatest podcast ever acclaimed of all time. Awards up the ass and a day one knows all of this shit. On Google and fucking Wikipedia and all this other shit. And the day one, whether it be man or woman or whatever the fuck, at that point they identify themselves as, could be alien at that fucking point, Area 51 status. And they do some wacky shit. I'm looking at, wait, 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 wait. And I'm looking at XAB and I'm like, XAB, 50 million. Best fucking podcast. Nigga, you getting canceled. You might have to get killed. Why did you do what you did, nigga? This is XAB, bro. This is not XAB without the 50 mil stat. Nigga, he done came up. Nigga, you still did this dumb shit? Nigga, I'm going to do it. I'm going to push the butt. I'm going to do it. Fuck it. I'm going to do it. Unfortunately, that's a reality, though. Because day one, like, I think that goes back to MA's point. Some day ones feel entitled that that if you don't take them along for the ride. Some, some people, see, there's a difference. Some people designate themselves day ones solely That's because the because they've seen you come up. They're not a day. They're not an actual day one. And then you have actual day ones that sometimes feel like they deserve more credit than what they they did. Maybe they dated you at some point while you were working on this idea, but y'all broke up six months after. Y'all still stay cool, but now they feel like they entitled because maybe they told you to. Uh, change this title or or use this graphic like there's people like that out there too that's and that's not day one to me though day one is you had to bend through the trenches with me you had to play a role in my success story like i could actually name you for something you did during yeah. the course of my success i could point it out yo this person did this for me when i was coming up without him there i wouldn't have been able to do x y and z the way I the way I defend my my identify my day ones is if I got two hundred and fifty million dollars right now, mm-hmm. I can make a list of niggas that I would want to give money to. And, I'm on the and, same boat. And the, the, the same first boat. like the first ten to twenty are the day ones. Everybody else maybe it's, it's like because I know your situation, so I'm trying to help you out. But that first ten to twenty on that list that I'm thinking about, those are my day ones. You know, yeah, and it won't even make it to twenty. It won't make I it that far. I will tell you far, this, bro. If I'm work 
quarter billion dollars, bro, there's no fucking way in this world, bro, my day ones are not going to be millionaires. Oh, yeah, there's no even, even if these niggas don't play a role, there's no way I'm not going to give you a role to play. That's a fact. I'm not going to give you free money, but you're going to have a job, my nigga, and that job will pay extremely yeah, well. Yeah, that job is going to set you up for life. <laughs> that job is going to feel for like life. it's a fucking career. It's like play money to you. Facts. Because like. at the end of the day, that's what day ones are for me. If I, if I, for whatever reason, life, life, we win. Let's just say the money isn't even earned. Let's say niggas win the fucking Powerball or the Mega Millions. Niggas come up on two hundred mil. There's no There's, way people I know is going no, to start. No oh, yeah, facts, fucking way, facts, bro. I'm no writing way. a check, yo, bro. What y'all niggas trying to do, yo? Take this money, do that. Da 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 da. There's no way, bro. So. Sometimes, but like you said, though, sometimes you do have to cancel a day one because that day one knows either they become, like you said, too entitled and they start stealing or they start scheming off mm-hmm. of what you're doing. And it's not even a matter of cutting them off, but as much as if they don't make a change, now I have to distance myself. You can't be a part of what I'm doing no more. So yeah. I don't know if I'm going to stop being friends with you, but you just can't be a part of my business no more. Because yeah. you're, you're a liability at that point. It depends on what you're doing. Like, if if I didn't give you a million dollars to take care of home, and you still not take care of your kids, and you still not take care get of your tight. family. I might get tight. I, I got to look at you different. Yeah. And you can't, you can't be in my immediate circle if you were in my immediate circle. Because something, something ain't right. Something Facts. ain't right. We could have a conversation about it, and maybe you explain it to me. And if it makes sense, all right, it makes sense. If it, if makes it don't, if if it don't, then nah. What you mean? I don't care if you and your baby mother cool or not. What you mean? Your your son is 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 still out here struggling, or 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 that part of your family still out here struggling. I just gave you money to take care of that. Facts, especially right. if you're my day one and day associate you with my brand, and I see, bro, if I'm worth twenty, thirty mil. And you're my right hand. I'm talking about when I move, you move. And yeah, nah, ain't no way. And <laughs> niggas see your child out shoes with a bust up sneaker, or you know, wifey's talking shit on social media about oh she da 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 or whatever, whatever. I'm like, my nigga, like, ain't no I way. I know you're making good money because I'm making sure you make good money. Take care of fucking family. Yeah, because that you tells me like, something. If you're not willing to take care of your family, that tells me something. Big facts. I don't care if that's your, you know what I mean? Like you, like I said, that's your baby mother or immediately, immediately at home. I'm definitely looking at you crazy. But if you have a child out there, that child should be taken care of. Like That's a fact. I, there's very rare instances where I can see somebody convincing me that they're unable to take care of their child at that moment in time. And that is momentary. That can't be First of all. five, six, seven years of not taking care of your kids, but I see you in the club popping bottles. Popping bottles, nah, yeah. First of all, I look at most niggas weird, bro, because I feel weird if I'm going shopping and I'm buying shit for myself and I'm not buying it for the rest of the family. That feels really weird to me. And I'm not going to be out here posted up fly McTie, boom, (laughs) and the rest of my family looking like bums. Hell fucking no. I I, I don't even like that thought. And when I see niggas do shit like that, that shit kind of turns my stomach. Cause I'm just like, come on, son. Like, there's a conversation to be is, had there for sure. Yeah, the, yeah, your children are a reflection of you, Playboy, and a reflection of people around you. So, and you're teaching them something about self value at that point. Big, but facts. uh, 
Speaking of self-value, a very big shout-out to Jamel Hill and uh, Kari Champion. They have a new show on Vice called Stick to Sports. Um, so it's Jamel and Kari Stick to Sports. And basically, they, they talk about sports and entertainment, but they also talk about other things. I've seen a couple of clips from the show. The show looks amazing to me, honestly. Um, I think it's really dope. I think it is a great supplement to Desus and Miro because you haven't really heard much about Vice since Desus and Miro left, but you also haven't heard much about Desus and Miro since they Desus and Miro this. left Vice? They Yeah, years ago, bro. Two years ago. What happened? Yeah, they're on Showtime. No? Yeah, they have a deal with Showtime now. Apparently, whatever contract negotiations with Vice didn't go the way that they wanted, and so they went to Showtime um, to do a late-night show. Um, but you don't really hear much about them on Showtime. I don't know if it was the best move to make, to be honest. No, they, they, I, I see them on Showtime because um, I watch a couple shows on Showtime. So they, they promote themselves on Showtime. It's just that Showtime doesn't promote them outside of that medium. Well, that's what I mean. I think with Vice, Vice was they, doing got better. A, they got a lot more exposure. I've seen a lot more clips from them. I've seen a lot more promo from them. And Vice is a smaller company, so it kind of confuses me. That Showtime, I don't know if it's because it has this late night aspect to it or what, but you don't really see much about it unless you're on their page. Or you're on, like, Showtime or something like that. Yeah, that's a fact. So, I don't know. But uh, Jamel Hill and, and Kari, congratulations. Congrats. So when they, were talking, they were talking about this on The Breakfast Club, and they were talking about how there are a lot of sports shows where women sit as the mediator but don't get to add their actual opinions to the show. How do we feel about that? Yeah, I see that all the time, and it's crazy because – the women that be on there, that be the mediator, be like the baddest looking chick. I'm like, I know she got more to say than just what the fuck she just said. And then after she mediates, she don't say shit after that. And if then and then if she like tries to engage, I don't think it gets the same energy as if like the male counterparts are saying some shit. Cause it may sound like she knows what she's talking about, but we're not really trying to back her up in what she's talking about. But she could say hello one, two cents. Next. It definitely. It, I I feel like at least on Sports Center. Sports um, Center for sure. That's what. That's and, actually and, what I'm talking about. Well, not even Sports Center, but the shows on ESPN rather. Okay. Okay. The shows on ESPN. They have a lot of those setups, um, and I think maybe I don't know in the '90s when it's when women weren't so engaged in sports, or at least that was the perception. That was more of a a thing, but. Like, I feel like these kind of sports entertainment uh, TV shows need to kind of get with the times and switch with it. Because it, it is starting to look kind of weird, for me at least. When I watch these programs and the woman is sitting in the middle, even with like Complex and uh, Everyday Struggle. And you have, Mede- uh, what's her name? Um, Medesca? You have Medesca sitting in the in the middle. And she says one or two things, and then the the men get these like long rants, and then she mediates it, and then they she doesn't really get to say anything, and then it cuts. Where this really became an issue was um was when Kari was was doing that. She was the mediator, and Stephen A. Smith said some crazy comment about uh domestic abuse or abuse against women. And she wasn't able to say nothing because of the way the, the show is set up. So I think that's where 
where that setup is kind of sus. I mean, I guess people could say the same about our podcast being all three dudes, but I mean, people I, people have already asked us long time ago to get a woman on as a co-host, and that's why we've always gotten a lot of women to come on as a special co-host and or guest because the predominant predominant guests that come on this show, if we're talking demographics, is women and black. Women. I think, and, and I think that this format was for, we formatted the show this way, so right. And it wasn't technically going to be three men originally. It was two men. And then we we added Flo in. Right. Flo, Flo's opinion starts to become more prominent throughout the years. So, right. I mean, formatting-wise, it's designed this way on purpose. We're not excluding a voice. Um, and then, as you said, we we tend to and we like to bring on female guests yes. um, to add that different perspective yes. um, and, and highlight them and what they're doing. Um, so that's, I mean, we have what, like four, five male guests? <laughs> we haven't had much male guests, I'm being honest. I can't even count. And that's on purpose. Yeah, that's on purpose. So, what was you going to say, Flo? No, I was just going to say, um, I think in the sports world, they're probably looking at it like the majority, and I'm making an assumption that the majority of people who watch sports are men. Mm-hmm. And as men, I'm assuming that most men prefer here commentating or the fact, at least what they presume as the facts coming from that world from another man. And -hmm. I guess that's just the way we've been programmed to accept it. So hearing it from a woman, I just don't think that I guess it falls on deaf ears because Mm -hmm. it's like, I guess in a sense, the assumption is made that she doesn't know as much as the other guys on the show, whether they be ex-players or you know particular analysts and i guess it just it's just not a common thing but it all depends you feel me but i think i think that's still sort of the case right now i'll tell you one thing i much prefer to get my news from jamel and and carrie because they have always been very very they they seem more informative than anybody else first of all jamel is mad on point i've heard her speak she knows her shit Jamel has always offered really good, interesting um, conversations and critiques of the sports world. So I, I've been on to Jamel Hill since she was doing it was her and this other dude. And they were they would have like this big uh, brother, little sister type of commentary on ESPN. And I thought that that was really, really dope. Um, Kari Champion, I've always like she's always been amazing to me. Um, so to hear them have this platform, like I would, if I'm being honest, I would rather get my information about what's going on from them than Skip and Stephen A. at this point in time. Because their show, the little clips that I've seen seem way more interesting. And I love First Take and I love Undisputed. Um, but like at, at, it, it kind of gets a little tiring, honestly, to, to see the white dude and the black guy go at it, you know, type of situation. Like, and so I, I think that this is refreshing and I'm glad to see that, uh, vice vice did this. I think it was dope. Really? Um, she was dope really quick. This is petty, but who do you think came up with the title? Stick, stick to sports is just basically, no, they got that from the fact that, uh, what's her name? That lady on Fox News 
told uh, LeBron that he needs to shut up and dribble. Oh, shit. So <laughs> they got it from the idea that because they're two women, they're supposed to not be involved in sports. So they played off of the, the words like stick to sports instead of stick to stick to makeup or stick mm-hmm. to da-da-da-da. They're saying, nah, our lane is sports. So Interesting. Now what? Um, but she, she did bring up an interesting conversation about Skip Bayless. She uh, basically said that Skip and her kind of don't speak anymore because there was a, that situation that I brought up earlier where Stephen A. made some comments about uh, abuse against women that I guess were off-center. They didn't go well. And she tweeted about it. And basically in her tweet, she said, well, if you let the woman on the panel speak, you probably wouldn't find yourselves in these type of situations. And he wrote her an email basically saying that he made her and oh, that shit. that he felt betrayed by her. Um, wow. And she also detailed, she said that he did take her under his wing um, when she first got there. So does get, I mean, I guess the conversation is, or the question is, how do you feel about his statements? Do you feel like he has any merit in that or he's wilding? Because a lot of people saying he's wilding. Is he's telling a black woman he made her, you know, that type of conversation. But going back, yeah, but but going back to the young MA thing, brothers, niggas feel entitled. He felt like for her career, he was a day one. He was like, yo, I, I hope you kind of start this shit. I don't think it's a black and white thing. I think that's what people are looking, looking into because evidently Skip was fucking born a white man. Whoop the fucking do. But this is not mm-hmm. a white man that I would say, uh, 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 stretchingly that he's racist in any way by, you know, however the email was perceived. Maybe that's how the fuck he felt. Like, damn, like, she's really trying to play my shit right now. Like, I made you. I do have a problem, though, with people who say those exact words. I made you. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. But I get what um, he's saying. I don't have a big, big, big issue with it. It is, it is slightly offensive to tell someone that because at the end of the day, that person has a talent and they nurtured that talent. However, you have to give merit where merit is due. When someone puts you on, they put you on. Whether they took you underneath their win, whether they whether they gave you the credibility. A lot of times people get their credibility because someone someone made it. Like at the end of the day, if you have seniority and you're walking around and be like, yo, like this person is really good at what they do and you're giving them that credibility, you tend to go a little bit further, especially in that type of world. So I don't think he should have said I made you, but he could have said like, yo, like I was a big part in what, what, you know, allowing you to get where you are right now. Cause you know, it's what the reality is. I mean, I think he felt betrayed. Like, I think he felt betrayed because she tweeted instead of giving him a call. That that's, that's my sentiment about it. Cause I, I thought about it, um, independently because, you know, everybody has their own opinion online, but I thought about it as if I was with Skip, and I'm sure there's more details. So maybe if maybe I'm off center thinking this way, but when I think about it, if I was to have mentored somebody and something crazy happened, and um, they fired off tweets instead of calling me, like, "Yo, bro, I told you you need to get da 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 da," or "I told you you need to do this, that, and the third, and you didn't do it," so we here now but they made it more of a public thing. Um, I might feel a certain type of way about it too, instead of them just being, if I know you and I'm like, yo, you could have just came to me. You could have called me. I, I, I 
brought you up in this industry to some extent, at least mentored you to some extent. Um, so like I would have preferred that to be the question. Now, would I write a crazy email saying I made you and all that that's wild, but I can feel I can understand why he felt betrayed. I can understand that sentiment. Yeah, I don't know if I would have did the email and all that, but you know, some dudes, some some dudes different. The problem you know I mean? is I the problem is though, like to be honest, is when you think you deserve something private, like when you think you deserve an intimate conversation, and when a and when a person do some shit like Miss Hill and go to the net, that's the shit that niggas like Drake be talking about. Like, nigga, I'm thinking we based on whatever happened, let's have an intimate conversation. You like, fuck that. I'm going straight to the net, knowing that the net is going to kill my shit. You know that. By default, the internet is vicious. I guess there's a conversation to be had there too, right? Because like, what was the intent of going to the net? Was it just (laughs) simply, I'm going to get this off and I need to? Or was it like, I know these niggas going to kill them and I need niggas to kill them? Yeah, I that that I always I'm always puzzled about people who do that type of stuff. Like, and I'm talking I'm, about if I know you, if you yeah. a celebrity, and I fire off some tweets, you gonna have to eat. Yeah, that. you gonna have to eat that. But correct. If I, if I yeah, know like, you, <laughs> and I fire off tweets instead of hitting you up, I don't know. I don't know I, how I feel could, about that. Yeah, I would I would be I would take high, especially when like I said, when it comes to a conversation, bro. Especially if you have my number and. You could just call me because I feel like a lot of times a lot of shit will be handled behind closed doors if the conversation was just had, especially when the conversation isn't that deep yet. Mm. Like whatever is happening isn't that deep yet. Sometimes a lot of things get blown entirely out of proportion, out of proportion when it goes straight to the net, because now people could paint their own perceptions and then and, and they opine. And they fucking changed the whole narrative whole of what narrative, bro. We're gonna talk about that because that's yo. The internet was insane this week, bro. The internet was fucking insane this week. And we really gotta dig into that. Um, we'll get into that in, in one second. But um did anybody hear that Nas's album? The new Nas album? Nah, I, I didn't hear it. A few it. tracks off it. I ain't listened to the whole thing yet though. I didn't hear How it. you feel about the tracks you heard? Dope. Hit Boy did a Hit Boy did his thing, man. Shout out to Hit Boy. Shout out to Nas. Um, <clears throat> it's definitely a. I mean, it's Nas, so I kind of know what to expect. But it was smooth. I heard about three tracks so far. Um, it was definitely a, a couple, a couple dope tracks to bump to. Um, still very hip hop, but you know, had a little bit of a modern flair to it. And um, you know, he ain't lost his touch, man. You feel me? You know, he's still doing what he does. I'm going to listen to it, though, because I, I look from the tracks I heard, the productions were pretty fire. So I definitely want to listen to it to come like as a project, as a hold. And um, I fuck with Hit Boy, so I always look forward to hearing what he does. Nah, it definitely was better than the last project that he did with Kanye. Um, I thought it was it was cool. I don't know if I I don't know if it's one of those projects that I'm going to return to multiple times. I'm probably going to listen to it one more time because I was listening while I was cleaning. So my attention was on it, but not. So I think I'm going to listen to it in the headphones to give it one good listen to again. But from the overall vibe of it, it was like, it's a cool project. uh, But it wasn't like something that stood out crazy to me. Like, I'm like, yo, 
Nas is is killing the game right now. But it was cool for me. I definitely think Hit Boy did his his thing. That's not a collab that I think most people would put together. But fact, the two of them did their thing, and the features. I like how they played the features. Like they played with Facts. the features. A lot of features you may not think would pair up with Nas, like Little Dirk and Nas. You would never think of that pairing, but it, it was dope. So. Um, oh, Lil Durk been hopping again some solid Lil, features lately, Lil boy. Lil Durk on fire, boy. Lil Durk. Shout 20... out to that man, man. Hey, uh, what do y'all feel about this idea that Jay-Z steps on every Nas release? Because Jay-Z released a song with Pharrell called Entrepreneur. Nah. Um, Nas' last album that Kanye produced, I don't remember Jay putting out nothing around that time. I'm sorry. The Carters came out. The Carters came out. The Carters came out the same week or the same day? Same they... weekend. Yeah, the same. I think it came out Saturday. <laughs> His joint came out Friday. Carter's came out Saturday. So I guess, so I guess now what we got to do? We got to go to every Nas album to find out if Jay actually did that. Because I feel there's like there's a lot of them. There's about seven, at least seven <laughs> releases where Nas put some shit out and Jay Z put something out, or or some something affiliated with Jay Z happened. Like I think so. The Carter's joint came out. Uh, Entrepreneur came out this time. I think there was another. Our album and and Jay Z put out Blueprint the same time, um. So there's it's, there's a history of it. It, it has happened. There is, there is a history. I mean, do Jay we believe that it does this shit? So do do know. we believe that they doing it on purpose though? Nah, I think it's a conspiracy. I think it's a conspiracy. <laughs> we need more proof. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Flo- <laughs> For once, I don't believe it's a conspiracy. I think it's been done on purpose. I think Jay, per- it's the it's the competitive nature. Is always wanting to have something to compare. Yo, and it's it's funny if know. it is if it is true, bro. I think it is. <laughs> Come on, son. You tell me Jay wouldn't know. <laughs> Nas is still. Yo, you think Jay wouldn't know when Nas is coming out with a project, bro? Come we, on. You know son. what I think we it need is. More proof. I think it. I think in the beginning, Jay Z did the shit on purpose, and now it's just like a tradition. That's kind of it. <laughs> And I think Nas, no, I don't think Nas really cares. I mean, they, they still fuck with each other, son. Like, they're still at a lot of events with each other. They still powwow every now and again. They might call each other before this shit happens. Yeah, like, like, you know I'm about to put something out, right? It's fun, bro. It's just people, that, that's also a good promotional scheme. And at the end of the day, it's respect, too, at the same time. To be like, yo, like, the only person I consider on my level is yeah. Nas. So I'm going to put something out for people to compare us to, to compare it to. You feel I me? Mean? Well, that's, to me, that's a part of the respect. That entrepreneur track is trash. So <laughs> Nas has won this one. I don't know if y'all heard it yet, but it is. It's actually it. Pharrell's song. It's not um, Jay Z song. It's Pharrell's song. Okay, with Jay Z featured, but I don't like it. Me, I, I don't like it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't y'all, heard it. I'm gonna listen to it in the week. Yeah, y'all take a listen. That shit sound like ass to me. Um, Issa Rae. So Issa Rae stated that her legacy will be opening up the door for other black creators. So I want to read the whole that. quote. She's been doing all, she's been doing that. That's a fact. So she wrote. Uh, so the quote is insecure creator and actress Issa Rae recently sat down with the Hollywood reporter where she opened up about her views on being a black creator, incorporating social injustice into insecure and what she is looking to accomplish throughout her career. When asked when she oh when asked why she never dedicated an entire episode to the Black Lives Matters movement, Ray felt that the move would seem disingenuous. She said, "Yeah, I feel like 
it's corny. We're not an after school special. That's not how we live life. I don't wake up like today's about to be about Black Lives Matter. When you experience racism or sexism, your life doesn't stop, but it may affect how you talk or to your partner that night when you see them, when you get home, or prevent you from doing something else. Those are the moments that I'm more interested in. Uh, during the sit-down, Ray also acknowledged that while by no means necessary was Hollywood constructed for blacks to have longevity, she is looking to do just that by assessing, uh, assisting fellow creators along the way. Um, how y'all feel about her take on the Black Lives Matter conversation? Um, I think it's genuine at the end of the day. I feel like she expressed her pers- how she perceives it. And at the end of the day, I think we're more so interested not... We're aware of what Black Lives Matter means and how it's portrayed and what's happening. I think what she said it was important that what she's concerned about is the conversations that happen around it. You feel me? Like, at the end of the day, we know it's there, it's happening, we're living it, we're all living it. But what we want to see is how is per- how do we deal with it? And I think that's what white America needs to see. It's not a fact of the violence and all the extra shit that's happening. It's how it affects us in our everyday lives. And I think that's <laughs> what she's trying to make people understand. Is just like racism affects all of us. But how do we go about living our lives on a daily basis? And those trickle-down effects is what white people need to see. Because at the end of the day, they're not aware of those things because they don't understand that privilege they have. Hence the reason why we say fucking white privilege. Jesus fucking Christ. I would not have wanted to see a whole episode of Insecure dedicated to Black Lives Matter. And that, that's me personally. I don't, I, I agree. I, th- I feel like a platform like that was never designed. I would see something like that on Blackish, and I could see that, but for for Issa Rae to have changed or, or added that as a as a piece of this season or any season, it's it's a total break from the format of how that show is. And I don't think it's important for black creatives that we know are down with the cause to do performative things like that. I think as she mentioned, it's what goes in line with what she does with Insecure would be the conversations like what happened with Molly dating a Filipino man and the family kind of saying certain things that she didn't like and how that conversation delves out because that's more real life and that's more intimate and that's more relatable to what black people actually go through. I think it's way more important for white people to or, or white creatives to highlight their understanding of racism to let us know uh, and temperature check where they currently reside and understand what's going on. I don't think it's as important for black creatives to do that. The ones that we know are are obviously doing the work. Yeah, because when we do it, it's superficial. It's not, like she said, it's not genuine. Because you depicting, it's like when, it's like black people creating a slave movie. You would never see it happen. You mm-hmm. feel me? A black person would never create a slave movie. Which is which is just the reality of it. It's just it's, it wouldn't seem genuine because who wants to who wants to purposely Korean act that type of thing? Well, Will Smith is doing it. He's, He's not created, but they, there's a director behind it. I don't know who the producers are, but mm. there's definitely I think the new one that he's trying to do where 
there's the the slave is rebelling. Um, there's a black see, director behind. You it. see, that's different though. The slavers, the slaves are rebelling. Mm-hmm. It's never. A, it's not depicting slavery. It's depicting see, triumphancy. I guess you wouldn't see some a black creative create something like Roots. Exactly. You wouldn't see that. We'll we'll create. We'll predict. We'll we'll do a depiction of to be triumphant, to be to succeed, to prevail. You feel me? And what Issa did, you you said it best with the with the Filipino relationship is just these are real life situations. These are the type of instances we run into all the time that kind of gets overlooked because people it's become to some people what the norm are what the norm is but it's not supposed to be normal and that's the mm-hmm. problem so all right let's get into the to the meat and potatoes we are where, where are we at we are hour in um oh i thought we would be all worse off than that but we were later later in but uh let's get into this y'all want to do mega tray first who y'all want to Let's you let's wanna... breeze through the let's breeze through the trade situation. Let's first. do let's do no jumper, man. Shorty sucked the team, nigga. Let's Shorty <laughs> sucked the team off, boy. We cannot act well, like it, it 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 goes into Trey Song. So Selena Powell uh went on No Jumper, the No Jumper podcast, which has been picking up a lot of steam lately, um, with Adam 22. Uh and so she basically the first the clip that I saw. The original clip that had everybody going crazy was she, Selena Powell was like, yeah, I, uh, I went and I sucked off seven, <laughs> seven dudes that, that, uh, play for the Suns all in the same hotel room at the same time. She was like, she was sucking one off and then other dudes came in, saw what was happening and she started sucking them off too. Um... <laughs> I don't really know what to take from that. <laughs> I don't really know what to take from that situation, honestly. Um, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but Shorty, live your life. That's all I'm gonna say. Shorty, live your life. What 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 we will redirect this to is: Has there ever been a moment in time where I don't know if you even had the the option to, but you thought about dealing with more than two people in the same day? Oh, I've had that happen to me. It's it's happened. Like the same. I don't know what y'all niggas is talking like, about right now. I don't know. I, like no knowledge. Yo, the same day, killing me with that. Like the same day, the same bed. So with, what's your limit, bro? What was what's? How many people is you think before you like nah chill? I'm not eating seven coochies in one day. Well, I didn't. That's that's I that's didn't not eat, me. I didn't eat every coochie that day. I was just really like fucking and tucking. How many coochies were you willing to eat in one day? Oh, probably different coochie as as much as was available. I mean, there was a lot available, but niggas wasn't really sharing like so, that. So, are you telling me if your I'm shorty cool. pops up in the room and she has two of her friends and you eating there? <laughs> and her friends walk in the room and they're like, "Damn, he 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 eating that <laughs> melon right there." The watermelon juice is coming, and they're like, fuck it. And they're like, well, you know, it's fair game. Would you eat all three of their coochies right then and there? Of course, in a prime situation where they're clean and, you know. STD free. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, listen, Stranger Things. I don't think you got enough saliva in your mouth. Stranger Things have happened in my line of work. I mean, when you throw in clean, it maybe changes the narrative a little bit. 
<laughs> if I don't know your status, bro, I'll cook. <laughs> but time out, time out, time out. Ain't no way. Got to play no devil's way. advocate. Got to play devil's advocate. Shorty says she sucked off seven dudes within the same vicinity, like in the same room. Nobody yeah. said, wait, what's your STI status? Nope. Niggas was whipping out dicks. Dicks was getting thrown in her mouth. Nobody said, what's your status? Nobody even asked her, before you suck my dick, what's the last time you got good testing? I guess they I was mean, going by the bro code if I, this nigga yeah, think it's, it's, it's clean. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> and that's what it be sometimes. That's what it be. Because if, 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 if she's sucking off him, I'm, I, I mean, I wouldn't do this. I've never done this before. You feel me? I, I don't know. It ain't for me. I'm not. It. I don't go by that logic. But I can see niggas on the Suns probably going by this logic. The reality is this though. Yeah, game, son. The reality is this though, man. We got it. We got. We got to keep it a hundo on dad has and bow ties. We didn't work out. Asses off for a hundred. We got to keep it a hundred on a more hundred episodes. We not gonna act like we don't know Shorty like us and we like Shorty and we get to that situation. The average male is not going to ask Shorty, when was the last time you got to get tested? And the average male is not going to then not put his uh, mouth on her vagina and then ask her, so when was the last time you got... No, he's going to eat that shit if he really want to eat that. And she really going to suck his dick if she really want to suck that. She not going to ask the nigga. Listen, I'm not going to eat no Shorty's banana without actually being sure of it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've purposely not... Differ, bro. I've purposely not eaten coochie because I didn't know... Uh, this like the status but would you have let shorty suck your dick but would you have let shorty suck your dick uh without them knowing your status status? it it depends but we also got to keep it a a hundo is way easier to contract stds through eating a vagina than it is than sucking a dick well i wouldn't know that because i never sucked no dick in my life i wouldn't know that no, 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 no. But I mean, as, a male, that, as a as male, as a male, bro. to get an STD from getting your dick sucked is a lot it's harder. It's not common. It's not. I'm not heard. I mean, I don't know much people, but I'm, you know, you scour the internet. I've not heard I'm much niggas on the internet saying, yo, shorty gave me that fire because she was giving me that head last night. Like, that's not a common thing you hear. Well, f- physically, it, it, there's just, it's harder because... Yeah, the saliva could get in through the the hole that's in the front, and we going a little deep. But going a little deep. <laughs> but typically, right? She would have to have the virus in her mouth in order Facts. to to spread it to the penis. That better be the best head that ever. Then. That better be the best so, head ever. Like Facts. as a dude, you can have the virus in your mouth, and she can have the virus on her vagina, on her vagina, which is yeah. already which is secreting liquids. Like if 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 she doesn't swallow. Nine times out of ten, unless you got some wild shit on your shit, and, and she went for it anyway, like there, there's a little bit less of a, a chance to contract. So, um, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I don't want. I'm not a thinking, doctor either, but yeah, I, but um, I remember but that, I that's think, what I've read. I've read. that. I don't think you could catch an STI. Well, you can. STIs are different. No, you can. You can. You can definitely. You can, but it's it's less likely than. If you're giving head to an open, open hole that's secreting liquids, because remember the STIs are in the liquids. It's not. It's very rare that it's skin to skin. The skin to skin ones are like herpes, crabs, shit like that. 
And you'll but see that shit. You'll notice that. You'll, you'll see you, crabs. You don't always see herpes because sometimes it's like the skin the skin is healed, but like if you, it, it still might be a little bit of an infection right there. Listen, but man. You, know, you that, might touch I, it. I, I, how often do you hear a shorty saying that she caught an STI from sucking dick? You know what? I don't what? hear that often, but I've never heard that. I've never heard that. I've never really heard no shorty being like, yo, the... I mean, I guess they might get a sore throat or... Not nah, happens. <laughs> I, I've heard people have chlamydia of the mouth and chlamydia of the throat. It happens, but it, it is rare to hear about it, for sure. <laughs> Even with niggas, you don't really hear niggas... <laughs> You don't really hear niggas saying that. Most they, people they not them. talking about they. Yo, they, 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 I remember they, one like, time. Let's give it a stat. I remember one time I called that health clinic. I said, "Yo, I got a sore throat." She said, "What happened?" I said, "Yo, I think <laughs> I, I think I really ate somebody." She said, "She said, I sir, I think you're overreacting." I said, "Miss, I, I can't swallow saliva properly." She said, "If you really feel like this is an emergency, call 911." I'm fucking done. I'm done. You was you but was no, eating it, the shit out of that pussy, bro. <laughs> Damn, I was wilding, bro. You had that 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 affected day after. I was so wild the next day. That, I was hallucinating. That had to I get was, latched onto your tans to your tonsils. I man. was hallucinating, bro. Oh my god! I don't know if it was a hallucination, bro. But nah, yeah. I nah, got sometimes. I got sometimes tested, you eat and, and your, I was your, good. Your throat be a little scratchy, even from a clean girl, like because it's natural bacteria. No, the, but the problem bacteria. is. I think I was like me. I'm nasty. Like it'd be a lot of hair. Oh, I swallowed oh, a whole bunch of fuck hair. Up, my nigga. Let's just get into some real nigga shit right now. <laughs> so y'all niggas swallowing pussy juices? Huh? Yes. I, how else you supposed yes, to do it, bro? bro? You spitting in a cup, you, nigga? You spitting in a cup like it's Listerine, nigga? Like what? I'm not spitting in no cup. I don't swallow pussy juices, bro. Uh, I, I, right. next, next. I topic. don't even know how that works, bro. Right. I don't, Listen. nigga. If your tongue is down there, it's over. Next topic. Nigga. This yeah, nigga. but I'm not, I'm not. I'm not doing all that and then taking a. <laughs> Yo, he's capping, bro. This nigga's bro. capping right now, bro. This... I'm not capping, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, so you keep a cup next to the bed. This look like a cap. This, <laughs> this cap nigga's deep, nigga? nigga. Put your cap back right. on, nigga. Put your fucking cap. I don't back even on. have a cap on right now, nigga. nigga fucking... Ain't no capping happening, motherfucker. Let, here, let's go to the know, next man. topic because this no, nigga's crazy. Hey, man, I keep it sloppy and I keep it pushing. You all, right, all right, nigga. Nah, me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm swallowing shit though, my nigga. I can tell y'all niggas that. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm juices, bro. Man. Pussy juice tastes great, so yeah, I'm yeah, with yeah. all the shit. Anyways, anyway. Hazel E spoils her man in the internet where crazy. No, so. we're not we're not on there. We're still on Selena Powell. Oh, we are. Um so all right, so Selena Powell was also on No Jumper. And her friend alleges that Trey Songs kidnapped her by taking her phone in her bag, and then at some point during the party, urinated on her without her consent. Only person that did that was R. Kelly. But um, yeah, she's lying. Um, because she's 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 been telling lies for a while. Once I looked at the clip, I was like, "Yo, this girl looks familiar." I started looking through old shit. I'm like, "Oh, she was on." Uh, I, I think at one point, academics fucking even interviewed her. I'm like, "She she's a lie. She's a lie." So, well, this is the friend. This isn't Selena Powell's. The friend is Selena Powell has been caught in mistruths and lies regarding other big name okay rappers and and artists. The friend. Is someone new? I don't know much about. Oh, she's her. trying to get her clout. I heard you. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to outright call anybody a liar without having all the information. But I just feel like, um, in this particular case, 
there's just a history of, like you said, D, um, clout chasing by using big name celebrities. Like, I don't even know if the sucking off seven Phoenix Suns joint is real. Bro, she said honest. it. She said it like she was literally sucking vaginal secretions. She didn't say it with. I mean, I there think, was no expression in her voice. She like. I said don't know it, if plain. she did it all at the same time, like some gangbang shit. But that's she how probably, she made it seem. <laughs> she probably ran through seven of them niggas that night, and though. they was running through her. Wow. Okay, all right. Yeah, it okay. could have been. She could have been there for the weekend. They, you know, they were doing what they. Listen, All Star Weekend, niggas need to make sure that they on point. They got a lot of games to play. Yeah, I just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna outright call her a liar, but it does seem fishy. Um, I would solely because of no. of what of what they of what they're known to to have been involved with, and then afterwards, Trey songs to try and I guess fight back. He released a bunch of DMs. I that saw she those. Ha- she had, and then some some of those DMs came after said incident where she was still trying to see him and trying to uh, deal with him. Now, um, there are scenarios where people have been abused by someone or, I mean, I won't even, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to even say that was technically abuse, but, I mean, it is if it was against her will or whatever have you. But there are incidents where someone has done something wild to somebody else and they still go back to them. So I, under, I understand that. It just seems like, there was a, a relationship there. It broke down at some point. And I don't I'm not gonna say like she's revenging him, but it it feels like there's something else there. It don't it don't necessarily feel uh a hundred percent genuine. And I don't know her. I don't know Trey. I'm not again calling her a liar. That's not me. I but for me I would need more context to that to that situation. Um not because I don't believe women, but because these people have a history of of doing this false allegation thing. Funny to, Pataki shit. I always be yeah. wanting to know though, like, ladies and motherfucking gentlemen, how the fuck do we get to this point where we gotta get the celebrities' point of view, like a tray? Why we gotta go like? Why we gotta get to the extremities of showing text messages? Then you gonna fucking see emails. You might see fucking Facebook messages, like. Where, like, where did we go wrong to get to this point to prove someone's innocence? It's like you on court every fucking day on the internet. Shit is, it's baffling. That's a lot of energy, son. I don't know, man. I mean, we we got we're gonna talk about Jeez. it, but I I think a lot of it has, like we said, I think part a good part of it is men's fault in terms of being oppressive to the point where we we. We outraged people to the point that like Me Too was created and everything else, um, time Time's Up and all those other things were created and to the point now where it's like a rage factor. There's no, it's not, the conversation is not, all right, let's mitigate this. Let's have a, let's me and you sit down and talk and figure out what happened. People are so enraged at what people in the past have done that now it's just like all you have to do is whisper an allegation and you were automatically guilty. And um I think that that's a crazy place for us to be in, not again, not going against women in, in any way, shape, or form. I think there's multiple conversations to be had here, right? Like when it comes to women, if a woman comes to me right now and tells me that 
she was raped or harassed. I'm believing her from from jump that it happened, but then I need I'm going to want some details in terms of what happened so I can help. Now, if it's a situation where she says something and then the details seem like it may be something else, then yeah, I'm going to still help her get help. And I think that that's where the believe all women thing comes from is if someone comes to you with an allegation of some sort, don't sit there and be like, nah, I don't believe that. Like, like, what's up? Like, if they come to you immediately, I'm not talking about some shit that's on social media because what Selena Powell and her friend are doing seems more like a clout thing because you're going to social media about that or you're going on podcasts and throwing shit out there. Um, but if a woman came to me right now, called me, text me or whatever, and was like, yo, some wild shit happened to me, um, I need help. My initial response is, She's not going to come to me and tell me that shit just to to say it. I don't think people necessarily move like that. Um, so I'm going to help and assist in the ways that I can. I'm not going to badger her and tell her that what, what she said happened didn't happen. But then there are other scenarios where there's a difference in perception. And those are the scenarios where I think things get a little bit more tricky in terms of what to do as a man. Um, because, uh, they because of what we're doing with the movement, like we're not, Flo said this a while ago, but the way he said it was what led us to have that argument a couple of episodes ago. But in, in actuality, there was a time where we had a clear cut definition of what sexual harassment was, what sexual assault was, what rape was. It seems like. In today's day and age, we are putting a lot of things under one umbrella. So it's like if you have an uncomfortable date, some people are putting that under the umbrella of sexual harassment or sexual assault. If, if you had an uncomfortable interaction with somebody, if someone took the wrong signal and kissed you and you didn't want them to kiss you, it's still a conversation that needs to be had there. But is it sexual assault? Is it harassment? Like, there are certain stories and incidents, and I'm not talking, again, this is not the clear cut. This is not you told the nigga 15 times, no, I don't want to kiss you, and the nigga kisses you anyway or throws you up against the wall and kisses you. But unfortunately, there are instances that I'm reading and I'm looking at, and people are, are writing it in a certain type of way, and I'm like, this is a perception thing. This is a... You didn't really fuck with what this person did, and you have every right not to fuck with it. But I don't know if it warrants you now making them out to be an abuser because once you do that, their whole life is over. And that's what people have been saying for a while is like, that's why I think certain people want to take time and steps with understanding certain information and certain scenarios. I don't think it's necessarily like I don't want to believe a woman because I don't believe niggas is out here doing wild shit to women. We know niggas is out here doing wild shit to women. Like that's that's not even a a debate and it's disgusting and it's nasty. And if there's anybody in my circle, like I'm checking them if if I if it's brought to my attention or uh, like I can't fuck with you depending on what it is that you've done. But I just feel like we're broadening this umbrella to encompass so many different things that it's becoming hard to kind of figure out, okay, well, did this happen or you have this perception and 
this person has a totally different perception of what happened. So I don't even know how to marry the two. Like, I don't even know how we move from here. Um, and for me, I'm going to just speak for me at this point in time. You, you brothers are free to disagree with me. Part of that is what I think happened with this Kiki Palmer situation. Because this Kiki Palmer situation has been drugged up. Um, she was on The Breakfast Club and she accused Trey Songs of sexual intimidation. Um, and so everybody, once this Selena Powell thing came up, everybody was jumping on Trey like, yo, he's an abuser. He, he sexually abuses women. Da, 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 da. This isn't the first allegation. Kiki Palmer says something. I think there's two other allegations floating around with Trey Songs. Now, I don't know Trey Songs. I like Trey Songs' music. Uh, I like how Trey Songs moves. But I don't know the brother. And I think that maybe two different stories can be true. I can see somebody who has conditioned themselves and has been conditioned to believe themselves to be a sex symbol. I can see a person like that presuming that every woman wants them. And in some cases, being in scenarios where a woman is not interested, but forcing the issue. I can 100% see that being the case. So I can see Trey possibly in a scenario like that. I've also seen Trey see people film Meg Thee Stallion drunk as hell all over him and tell people to move the camera. So to, in my perception, that was him protecting her like, yo, I don't we don't want her image like that out there. Some people could have another perception of that. But that's how I perceived it when I saw that video that they put up uh, a year or so ago with Meg was hanging out with Trey. Um, now, with the Kiki Palmer situation, I went back and I listened to what she said about it because apparently like right after it happened. Everybody was was asking her about it over and over. So the first thing that she did was she went on some form of Snap or IG stories or whatever. She made a story about it. In the story, she she seemed a little like she she told it comically. She didn't tell it from a space of like, yo, like fuck this nigga Trey Songs. It was more so like, yo, I'm disappointed in Trey Songs. That's the vibe I got from it. Like, yo, I'm disappointed because I went to this I went to this party. She thought it was a party. When she got there, she found out it was a video shoot. And then at the video shoot, they asked her if she wanted to be involved with the shoot. She said no on multiple occasions. Um, and then she got so upset with people asking her that she hid in the closet. Y'all remember that story? That story came out. Yep, because I think yeah, I we covered that. I'm uh, pretty sure we talked about that. So she said she hid in the closet, um, and then she said that, so people asked her more details, and she said, well, an assistant actor asked her, and then the director asked her, and then Trey asked her. And then Trey spoke to her again when, she, when he found her in the closet. She also said that at that point in time, she was already drunk, and she had um, ate food, um, so she says she wasn't in the right mindset. That's why she wasn't able to make a decision about if she wanted to be in the video or not. The other piece that I think is important is that the line in the song that they wanted to use was, um, I'm palming her pussy like Kiki. So 
I think that plays into the fact of her also not wanting to be in the video because who would want that line associated with them? Like, that's almost like her endorsing that line. And I don't really see many people, unless they with the shits um, and they're told ahead of time and they get in a bag for it, being like, all right, I'm just going to do this. Like, I don't know. That's just me. That's my thought process. Um, but then, like, as then she went on... Uh, Damn, I forgot what late night show it was, but she went on a late night show and recounted the story again. Um, And then that's when the sexual intimidation line started coming in. And her definition of it, from my understanding of how she keeps explaining it on the different interviews, is that she likens it to a boy being with a girl and like, let's say they're, they're in an apartment alone. And keep asking the girl over and over, like, yo, let's have sex, let's have sex, let's have sex. And the girl says, no, 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 no. And then it's like, yo, let's have sex. And either the girl has to find a way out of that situation or the girl uh, succumbs to being asked, let's have sex, just so they think you get out of the situation eventually. So that's how she's liking what was happening with Trey Songs in the video. I personally don't necessarily, I'm not discrediting her. That's, if that's how she felt, that's how she felt. But I don't necessarily make that same correlation. I'm not a woman, so, you know, put that into perspective. But if so, I would just call that regular intimidation. I wouldn't necessarily call that sexual intimidation um, because of what's happening. He's, he's asking her to be in a video, and he's asking her multiple times, and he gave her food, and he gave her liquor. Um, I just feel like that was intimidating, and it's still wrong. I don't I don't think that Trey should have did that. Still wrong, but when you add the sexual element to it, now it becomes correlated with somebody else putting out an allegation of sexual abuse and it correlates to other people uh to other people potentially doing that and I think we also have to have an honest conversation about the fact that powerful people, men and women are at risk for I'm not talking about Kiki, I'm talking about more like the Selena Powell's of the world are at risk of people doing stuff like that. Like we're be we're not being honest to the conversation if we're acting as if people like that don't exist. I mean, that's the whole problem of how clout chasing is working in this day and age where, you know, nowadays you have risk on multiple fronts. Now you have people who are not only trying to scam you or try to do certain malicious things, but now you know, if you're a celebrity and a shorty comes to you and is, you know, they're playing that, well, you know, I'm feeling you, ah, whatever, and they want to hook up, now you have to worry about whether or not this person is going to expose you after y'all hook up. And we've seen not it, it's not only being done with the Selena Powell's of the world, it's being done where a lot of, um, a lot of trans, a lot of trans, a lot of transvest, a lot of the trans are doing it. To mm-hmm. certain people as well. I've seen a few different things with like Bobby Valentino and whatnot and how it's been done to him. Where it's like they're doing it to either prove a point or they're just doing it for clout, you know, just to prove a point. So um, it's a little bit dangerous on, on both ends of the fence where a lot of people now just, you would think they're just, you know, y'all are hooking up, but now, now you're at risk of someone putting your, bu- your business on Front Street. And I'm pretty sure it's annoying a lot of people. So it's, it's getting to a point where you almost got to imagine that shorty pulling up to the point and you got to give her a non-disclosure talking about we might have sex. Like, <laughs> you know, like, and if we do, you can't say shit about it. 
and who like who wants to do that you know it takes away the 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 intimacy it takes away that that whole you know the whole point of having that building that little bit of um building a little bit of chemistry so well yeah i would i would say i would say that that is definitely like part of it and i think when it comes to the kiki thing i think is like we're putting too many things like i said earlier under the same umbrella like i think what trey did with kiki was wrong in the sense of if she didn't want to be in the video at the end of the day i don't know why y'all would still release a version of the video with her in it she said she didn't want to be in it she never gave you the the okay to have her in it so there that should have never been the thing yes there were signs According to Trey, there were signs all over the place that said, if you step in this realm, you are liable to be filmed, understood. But if someone explicitly tells me they don't want to be here, they don't want to be in a video, they only here for the party, then I have to respect that. And I think that he was wrong for not respecting her wishes at the end of the day. He did take the video down. Cool. I just don't, I like, I need her to explain to me a little bit more about why that is, why she considers that sexual intimidation maybe i'm missing something but the way she's explained it in the past i didn't see any sexual component to it i seen intimidation happening in the sense of like being constantly asked the same thing over and over and over and then that's like a bigger artist than you at the time and as someone that you respect and you admire and so they're kind of being forceful about something and you don't really know what to do because you don't want to sully that relationship like I understand that. I just don't know why the sexual component is added to it. I mean, like, maybe Trey just flirted with her a little bit, you know, and he was just probably thinking he would lose his charm and, you know, just try to, you know, flirt with her a little bit and that may that maybe would have eased up the situation. I mean, I could see things like that happen. If you're a celebrity and you pull up to an event, the assistant comes ask you now, the director comes and asks you, and ours is like, fuck it, I'm gonna go talk to her now. Let's yeah. see if she's gonna be with the shits. And then you get there, you know, you, you flirt a little bit. Uh, you but know, she you has, to, she didn't say that though. Know. So if she, if she added that, I would have a little bit more context as to why it's it would why she considers it a sexual intimidation. That's how I think it probably happened. Though I think it probably happened like that, and he probably tried to push his way on her a little bit because maybe she was being a little, maybe in his mind she was being too friendly. And she was like you said, she could have just be you know she could have just been being cool. She doesn't want to make it seem like she's uncomfortable. I mean, so, I could see that. I could definitely see that you know, scenario playing it's, out. It's, it's Trey songs, so it's like you said, like he, his ego is probably at the same point. Like, what you don't like me? Like you feel me? Like who you know? Like there's there's a lot of guys out there with that mindset. Like now, nah, like you should like me though. So it's yeah. like yeah, you know, a hundred percent. I could see that view. I could definitely see that. Um, I just think that we have to, in in instances like that where it's like a broad thing being said, you know what I'm saying, like sexual intimidation, but you haven't detailed out exactly what that means, be- because we know where that can go. Like, look at what's happening. Trey's getting killed right now, and maybe rightfully so, maybe not. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, you know, there's four allegations. Four allegations is and that, you see, that's what kind of makes me cringe a little bit. Because you're ending someone's career. You're ending that person's ability to feed their family and their team. And rightfully and so, if they did some shit. Like, let's be clear on... Wild, if they did some wild thing, but in the, 
let me not say much more after that. I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself when it comes to the Kiki Palmer situation. Um, she has a right to feel how she wants to feel. And I, th- I think two things can be true. I think she could have felt intimidated. Uh, this, I'm, I was lost on the sexual component. You kind of add a little bit more clarity to that for me. So it's like, okay, I could, that's somewhat fair. Um, but I also feel like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that is again being pushed under the umbrella of things, and I feel like that takes away from serious situations that actually do happen. I'm not saying that it's not serious, but we're talking about the the level of threat and the level of of a damage to a, a, a person in their body. Um, I feel like it takes away when we don't have clear enough definition as to should should we now cancel trade because of a of an incident of that nature or is that more of an incident where the two of them need to sit down and talk out what happened? You see what I'm saying? Like that's where it becomes a little bit more of a blurry situation for me. I'm like, damn y'all niggas need to talk out what the fuck happened there. Cause something, something she didn't come away feeling good about it. And you need to hear that part out and you need to figure out why that happened the way it did. But do I feel like now we have to look at Trey as a sexual predator? And now it's like, I don't know. Because it's like there's other allegations. We got one allegation that seems for a little fugazi because of the way these particular people conduct themselves and trying to get famous. Then you have like two other. I think there was one actress who said that Trey Songs uh, saw her. He was with somebody, came with a date, but he saw her and she. He saw her go somewhere, and then he uh, he confronted her and then said, you know, let's do this, and then kissed her. Um, uh, and she was not trying to have it like she wasn't with it and so she stopped him and in an instance like that like that's aggressive and uh, that would play to somebody having an ego like you said of like yo everybody wants me I don't even have to I don't even have to have a conversation to see if this girl even likes me like she looked at me so I know that she wants me and I could see that happening Um, and, and when there's a string of these things it adds more validity to that maybe Trey then did some wild shit. Maybe he didn't realize it was wild. Maybe he didn't look at it as wild. But at the end of the day, it's, it's coming off as wild. So it's like when the string of these things come together, then it makes it crazy. But if one of these things doesn't fit in this capacity as the others, are we being fair about the situation? And of course, all it takes is one thing to be true. If that if he's sexually assaulted or hurt anybody in that capacity, that's all that's necessary. But we're talking about allegations that have not been confirmed or founded. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're talking about people who've come on live. They haven't put any paperwork forward. And, of course, there's a conversation about that as well. Uh, it's A lot of people don't report, so I'm not saying that. But we're just we're talking about alleged things. We're not talking about anything that someone has sunk in their teeth in. So... Uh, but yeah. Um, so Meg the Stallion uh, and Tory Lanes. So we all we all knew what it was. We've been saying on this podcast for the last three weeks that Tory was a fuck nigga and he shot her, and it was pretty evident. We broke down who else would have been able to shoot her. It wasn't the best friend. It wasn't the driver. So I'm just mad um, that for the last three weeks I had to keep saying the fucking word allegedly, and we all knew what the fuck it was. That's that's all I'm mad about. 
I mean, we gotta say allegedly until it, until she proves the point. Until she proves nothing, nigga. It took her to say it. We ain't hear. I ain't hear from nobody else first. Heard it from her. But we all knew that shit. I ain't hear from no. I mean, and in the court of law, it's still allegedly. It's allegedly. It's still allegedly, bro. There's a lot <laughs> so of people. So what did she say? Did she say he allegedly, or did she say Tory Lane shot me? She didn't say Tory Lanes. She said Tory. She said just clar- <laughs> come come just clarify. Come that. the fuck on, D. Bro, in court that won't. Bro, come on, son. In court, they could they could fight that shit in court. If you didn't say my full name, nigga, who the fuck is Tory? That shit crazy on, to me, son. but okay. That's just what the reality of this is. How I know what you saying, but I know what distinguish you're saying too. But okay, all right. I mean, both both people are right. Like, yes, it, it shouldn't. Well, let's get it. Let's get it clear. It shouldn't take Meg putting up pictures. And I don't know who the fuck was out here. I haven't seen it, but I don't know who the fuck was out here questioning her every move regarding this situation. I know that she went on live maybe a week or two after saying that she got shot and was in the club. And I guess certain people saw her in the club and said, yo, you you claim you just got shot in the foot. How are you in the club? How are you twerking? How are you doing all this Because she stuff? healed, nigga. <laughs> she got good genes. <laughs> so, you don't heal from a gunshot in two weeks, though, bro. I, I, w- I wouldn't know. No, quite a few I mean, it, it all shot. depends on where you got shot. So... Uh, I I think that I think that it's nasty that people were questioning if, if she really she got, shot. got shot. Yeah, that makes no sense. I I'm I'm not on board with that. I don't think that that I I question whether or not she got shot in both feet. That's where I question it. I I think she got shot in one of her foot. I don't think she got shot in both of her feet. That's where I think my me and Tiff were just talking about this. I think what happened is she got shot. Good and well in one foot went through and through, and then she got grazed on the next. That's my belief on it. I do believe Tori shot her. I do think it makes the most sense. I mean, if she got grazed or not, she would have been shot. And still technically shot in both feet. You get grazed by a bullet, you're still shot <laughs> by a bullet. I guess. I guess. Um, that's that's the reality. You still that on the I medical report. I wouldn't consider myself being shot if I got grazed. I would say I got grazed. I wouldn't the, say I got shot. On the medical report, it's saying you got shot. Hey, bullet bullet con- cool. contacted your skin. So I, I, I mean, I listen, bro. You just gotta be clear about what you're saying because it, I'm, I mean, I'm very clear. Like I know, I, I'm telling you how. At the end of the day, if you got grazed by a bullet, you got grazed by a bullet. I don't know if that technically counts as getting shot on a very technical sense. But on the medical record, yes, it would definitely said you were wounded by a gunshot. So that is true. So if you're going to be precise with words, then yes. I'm just saying that in my perspective, this is how I perceived it. I do think Tory Lanez fired the gun. He definitely, I mean, not definitely, but I guess, you know, I think he's the one who let off them shots. For what reason? You know, I'm not sure. We will never know. I don't even think the reason but, um, matters. <clears throat> I don't think the reason matters either. Yeah, fuck the reason. It doesn't matter. It doesn't <clears throat> truly matter because there's nothing that Meg could have done for someone like Tory that has so much going on with him for him to actually do that besides, you know. Or period. Any nigga. Know. Any nigga that she was was with and 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 as she described the scenario, like like people have said in the past, the only the only scenario I could see where someone is trying to is if 
This chick came in the house blazing the fourth floor. Right, trying to kill him. Shoot, shooting everybody <laughs> in the crib, and that was the only way that he could stop her was shooting. In a scenario where you arguing with somebody and they they say, you know what, I'm done with this argument. Let me out, and they get out, and your response is to shoot at them. I don't. There's no. There's no I reason. That for that's that. also what what I'm slightly confused about her statement because she says she got shot walking away. So okay. I'm kind of confused as to how she got shot walking away. Was she exiting the vehicle? Because I think we all came underneath the perception that she was shot in the car. So Maybe that's what we perceived, but that's not what she said happened. She said she got out the vehicle and that's when she was shot. So she was shot on the highway? Because that situation happened, it seems, on a busy street. I don't street. think... It might have been a busy street, but it wasn't a highway. She said she was five minutes away from where she stayed. So, so she, they, I guess they were arguing in the car, and she was just like, let me the fuck out. And then as she as she proceeded to exit the vehicle. When she exited, when, I guess, walked away. She said she was walking away, and he shot at her. And shot ended up shooting her in the feet. And that means he let, he let it, he shot multiple times. It wasn't even a a, a one-shot, you know, scare tactic. It was... I'm shooting at you, which means he shot. He'll release the multiple. Bullets. I mean, regardless if it was a scare tactic or not, it's just all. It's just all re- like. For Tory Lanez is dumb. It's for anybody, bro. It's I don't want. Business. I'm not qualifying Tory Lanez. For any Lanes, nigga, bro. For any nigga. For any for nigga. Any so. nigga I mean, is hood, dumb. hood niggas do hood nigga <laughs> shit, bro. So and it'd be dumb that. for them niggas too. Like that's what hood niggas do, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not going to qualify. Like, oh well, it's a hood nigga, so it's like, uh, it is what it is. Like. Nah, any nigga shooting at a chick walking away is a fucking like yeah, douchebag. It's like that even, shit don't make no what sense. What I'm saying is that you're more of a douchebag because you have not you have everything to lose if this goes south. So it's not like this nigga has nothing to lose. Well, whatever, he could go to jail. It is what it is. Tory has a lot to lose. Why the fuck would you do some silly billy shit like that? I, I agree that it 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 makes him a fuck like it it's compounded beyond him just being a uh beyond men just never should be doing some shit like that in the first place but it is compounded because he had one of the most successful summers and one of the most successful runs through quarantine uh than anybody else he was definitely top five d nice and him probably ran ig for the for three months out of the out of this quarantine situation clean so i i really can't find a i don't know what scenario in his mind because there's no scenario that from what happened that would convince me to be like oh i get it i don't know what was happening in his mind where he sat there and said you know i'm a fin i'm finning the i'm in the back seat of the car so that that clarification was made too the driver was a security guard in the front. Meg was sitting on the side. Tori was in the back seat, and Tori's friend was in the back seat. So apparently, I mean, I just don't know what scenario in his mind is like. Yo, you know what? I'ma just shoot at her. Like, I don't, I don't understand how that makes any any form of 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 so, sense. So wait, ho- hold on. So if if I'm perceiving this right, there was a driver. His his bodyguard was the driver. Tori's bodyguard was the driver. I got to rewatch that video because when I saw that video, it seems like Tori is coming out 
from the driver's seat and that back that back that back door wasn't open. That passenger, that driver's side back door was not open when I saw that video. It when might have been closed police, by the time the, the video was uh could be. Could have been the way the could've video been. was cut. And the, was the front only... door could have been open. The back door could have been closed. I didn't see the security guard in the in the video. I didn't video, see the but, security guard either. So that's but he could have been off to the side. It's all about the angle of the video. Uh, I can, that is a fact. I can very easily see the security open the front door. Tory came out the back. He closed the door. He laid down. The security's on the side, and Meg went to the side. I I mean, she detailed out the story. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's anything to question about the details of the story. It doesn't make sense for her to fabricate any form of anything about the details of the story, especially since this is a legal matter um, to some extent. I wonder why Tory did that, though. It makes no sense for him to do that. I don't even want to know the reason why. I really don't. Yeah, I don't think there's any... I don't think it's even worth trying to figure out because there's... You know what I'm saying? This isn't a case, like we said, this isn't a case of somebody busting through... And it's like woman shot, uh, and it was like there was a firefight in the house, and then you find out, oh, she was shooting at him, and he shot back type situation. This is literally two people disagreeing, having an argument with one another, and one person saying, you know what, this this leads, this is at the level where I feel like I I should garnish a gun, and that's fake hood shit to me, honestly. I don't know real hood niggas. That live by that shit. I know fake hood niggas that live by that shit. I know the fake gangsters and and the young bulls that be trying to prove a point so they pull out a gun anytime they get a chance. But the OGs are not doing that shit. The OGs I know would, would not condone no shit like that. That that's that's my perspective on it. Yeah, um I mean, unless your life is being threatened, bro, there's no need for you to pull out a gun. For sure to be like, yo, I'm out, I ain't fucking with you no more. Whatever she could have told me, you a pussy little nigga, you son nigga, you son, whatever, 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 whatever. Let that shorty get out and let her walk away, especially in this particular situation where it's two, both of y'all are high profile people. This could not end nowhere smoothly. I don't know what type of hood shit you thought you were going to if you thought you were going to pull out the gun and she was going to be like, my bad, Tori, I'm sorry. And then she's going to tell her, all her friends, yo, Tori's a real nigga. Like, he, <laughs> like he's about that life. Like, don't don't fuck with him like that. I don't think I don't know if he thought that was going to give him some extra shit. Or, or he shot street. her and she was going to be on something like when she healed. Uh, yo, babe, remember that time you shot me? Like, remember what the, the fuck was this she... nigga? I don't know, bro. Like niggas it, is out here moving wacky. It, it was stupid. There was no, there was no, there was no real reason. There was no reason at all, at whatsoever. Tory Lanes, you had no reason whatsoever to shoot Meg. And if you really did shoot her, bro, you're corny for it. And I don't know how you thought this was finna pan out. I don't bro, know. If you I don't thought think you were there's a question about. It. I don't know if there's even a question anymore about if he shot her, bro. He shot her. I just don't want niggas to hear this and, and kill you, bro. I don't think there's a... We, we I mean, don't there's, even have there's, to people, say. there's people that debates it, bro. There's a lot of debates online about what people's mindset are. I, but me, I, personally, I think he shot her. I'm not... I'm telling you, I think he shot her. This mm-hmm. is my opinion on it. I do think he shot her. I'm just saying I don't think we have to opine anymore. She she basically cleared up the scenario. I mean, yeah. unless unless he comes out with some 
Oh, she's lying. Uh, my bodyguard, my bodyguard shot her. Then we can opine again and be like, did he shoot her? Or did the bodyguard? But in this moment in time, she has cleared it up that she was shot by him. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she has more evidence as to because she was walking away. So someone, I guess, who was trying to disprove what she's saying is like. Well, how would you know walking away? Like, it, maybe a lawyer would, would go with that. But True. I'm sure she has more evidence as to how she knows definitively that he shot her. And I'm sure that there's way more to the story than we know. He possibly could have said, I'm going to shoot you if you get out this car. So I just don't want us to, to be sitting here sounding as if we are shooting him bail because there's no bail to be shot. In this scenario, ain't no iffy shot her right now. It, it's all roads point to him shooting her. That's how, that's how I see it. Again, he'd have to come out at this point and be on some like, nah, that's not the truth. I got the video right here. My bodyguard mm. did the shit. Then I'd be like, all right, well, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it, w- it would be kind of weird because I could see them saying that the gun belonged to the bodyguard. But, hey. We'll see how this pans out. At the end of the day, it all comes down to if Meg places, if Meg presses charges. Because if Meg doesn't press no charge, then... Well, no, California State is looking to, to still go through with assault charges against them. It's harder for them to prove the case without her, though. Because remember, assault, assault and things of that nature, the state can prosecute on its own. But without her as a witness, if she doesn't decide to, to go along and become a witness to it, um, then it ends up being in a, a a harder case for them to to uh to prove. However, she said that there was an outside witness outside of their group that saw the whole thing. So that's another reason why I'm like, we don't even need to opine anymore. She she would she wouldn't put that information out there. Anybody who's trying to fabricate something, and I never, of course, thought that she was fabricated. This is not something that people would. That's not something that someone of high profile would just fabricate. So I don't know why people assumed it was uh, some type of whatever they thought it was. But um, I just don't don't see that being a case where you are also saying, yo, there was an eyewitness there. Um, But it did end up sparking. uh, Well, two debates. One, people started saying is mega snitch, which I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what. What type of world we live in? How are you a where? snitch if you know the person who shot you, and the person who shot you is somebody that shot you because of a reason that don't even fucking matter? Like they just shot you to shot you. Like they just shot. They you just... know what? <laughs> you know what's really interesting about yeah. snitching to me, son? You Nig- know what I consider a snitch? Niggas is crazy. When you talk about some shit that has nothing to fucking do with you. Mm. That's what I consider niggas snitches. But my nigga, if my life is in motherfucking danger, you could <laughs> bet your fucking ass I am telling whoever the fuck needs to hear it. You cannot me- weigh my life because then you're telling me that your life, that your life is more important than mine. Let me let me clarify something. I don't know how snitching got so fucked up. But six nine. For me, six, nine. snitching has always been if I do the crime with you and we both get locked up and to avoid time, 
I say, yo, I'm finna to spill all the beans. I'm going to tell you what this nigga did, how we got the crime done, um, and it was all his plan. That is snitching. That's always been told to me what a snitch, what's what people would consider a snitch. And, it, you know, mob crimes and mob bosses sitting together, one boss gets locked up, and to avoid jail time, they're like, well, I could tell you about 15 other niggas doing this shit, so you going to put me back on the street or what? That is a snitch. That's a CI. That's an informant. Like, that's always what has been told to me was a snitch. I don't know when it got changed. Somewhere in the streets, niggas tried to cover themselves and be like, well, shit, we just want to do crimes and tell people (laughs) in the neighborhood that y'all fucked up if y'all tell on us. If you're out here doing detriment to people, hurting people, robbing people, and I know what happened. It is what it is, my nigga. <laughs> like, listen, if a nigga shot me and I know you shot me, I'm gonna tell you. Unless I'm really on some payback shit, and that could work out bad in my favor, because I'm on some yo. I'm about to get this nigga back and kill him back, and I'm gonna shoot him back. Next thing you know, I shoot him back, and then they catch me, and then all of a sudden, I'm the nigga in jail for some revenge shit. Now. You got to be smarter than that. Like you said, snitches is different. Now, if me and you go to Rabble Bank and we both under the terminology that, listen, we do this, you, you we, we separate, bro. You, they catch you, you on your own because you agreed to do this shit just as much as I did. And right. now you turn around and be like, well, I was the only nigga that robbed the bank. Someone else robbed it with me just to fucking get time off. Or if you selling drugs on the corner, this is probably the best depiction. If you selling drugs on the corner, my nigga, and you get caught by the cops, and you snitch on your connect, you're a snitch. Oh, yeah, you a snitch. You're a yeah. rat. Yeah, yeah you're a snitch. That's what I call a fucking snitch or a rat. But if someone shoots me and I feel that my life was in danger and I have an opportunity to reveal that person, especially if I feel there's no love lost, fuck out of here, bro. I think and your life isn't well more than mine. And she protected him originally. And we can't, we, we can't overlook that. She... Did not name him purposely for those first three weeks, yeah, which yeah, led yeah. to all the Originally, I, I feel like I feel like personally she did it because, for one, we can't act like Meg Thee Stallion is still not a fairly new artist. Tory is kind of seasoned that seasoned at this point. He should know better in general, you know, outside of even being an entertainer. But he should just know better from all the other antics that he's done that he's put himself in very precarious situations. I definitely read a meme, and the meme was like. Yo, yo, you ever notice when Tory's in trouble and that nigga don't say nothing for the first few weeks? That nigga don't say shit. He be mm. quiet. He don't say anything. This is one of them situations, but I feel like this one is actually a bit more serious because, you know, whatever, however this shit plays out, nobody's ever going to forget that not only did he do this stupid shit, but niggas is not going to give a fuck on why he did it. I don't give a fuck. I know probably more than half of our listeners don't give a fuck. And anybody that's a part of any women's um, activist, you know, uh, movement, they don't give a fuck either. Niggas just want justice to be played out at the end of the day. The fucked up part about it is, is that we have people with a mentality that if something happens to anybody, whether it was Meg or whether it was another woman, and they speak out against the person that caused them pain and affliction, automatically that person is deemed a snitch. So now you're like victim shaming. And you're victim blaming and it's like, but nigga, I'm the one that got the situation that happened. This person did it because they felt like they could just do the shit 
But y'all blaming me for speaking up against the person who caused me bodily harm. What if the bullet went a certain way and fucking punctured something? What if the shit killed her? What the fuck would we be talking about right now? We'd be like, R.I.P. Meg the Stallion. That's what the fuck we would be saying on this podcast. 100%. So, and it was, keep and the sad part is there would still be niggas out there talking about, well, what did she do? Right. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm... Listen, at this point, Tori, don't drop the soap. And then you have niggas like Larry Johnson who tweeted out, if you date someone that coined the term demon time and they shoot you during demon hours, that's your fault. Yeah, I definitely saw that. That, that tweet was crazy. <laughs> that tweet, I ain't going to hold you. I was like, damn, this nigga went for the juggler. Damn. This nigga sounds stupid as fuck. That's what it sounds Sheesh. like. I, I, don't understand. I don't understand how how these situations bring out all the fucking bugs and creatures of the night. However... There is a part a part of this conversation where I I think I might be on the other side of the coin with a lot a lot of people. And I think it comes in the form of so this conversation has ignited the age-old conversation of black men against black women type of situation again that black men don't protect black women and I do understand the sentiment of it and there is a lot of context that you can add to that narrative, but I also am starting to feel like <laughs> I, I just I listen. I understand it, so I'm not I'm not demonizing the the feeling. It's just that it's starting to feel a little bit like a narrative, like like a, a consistent narrative where things that are anecdotal are being used. To, to just drug up this narrative. Now, yes, this is a, a scenario where a black man did the opposite of protecting a black woman. He harmed a black woman, and it's disgusting. It's terrible. He is trash. I think most men, I think 95%, at least of the men that I know, agree that he is disgusting, want to beat his ass if they ever seen him, want to have a conversation to find out what the fuck ever led him to think that something like this was acceptable. I don't I don't know any men. No men have spoken to me that condone his behavior. That sit here and be like, "Nah, that's some real nigga shit." Like, that's me. I do know that there are men out there as we can see that have questioned Meg. I know that there are men out there who probably maybe see nothing wrong with what he did. I get that those men exist, but I just feel like when a scenario like this happens, and then the automatic conversation that that supersedes it is, see, black men don't protect black women. I I feel the the issue I'm having with it is if if this narrative was put up and then everybody was also putting up the narratives of when black men protect black women, I'd be a little bit more comfortable with this conversation. But it's like. That's never, ever been highlighted within the last couple of months that this conversation has been drugged up. And again, I'm the evidence, we spoke about this on a much-needed conversation episode. There's evidence in terms, of, uh, in terms of numbers that would suggest that, yes, there's more domestic violence between um, black men and black women with black men being the, the, uh, pro- the perpetrators. There is this ideology of black men 
uh, marrying outside of the race more than black women. Um, so in those capacities of, of, of that, that, that narrative can be made that black men are not valuing black women to the same degree. Not, not disagreeing with that. But when we use these anecdotal things to bring up this conversation again, but we're never highlighting when black men are doing it, we have Jacob Blake who got shot seven times in the back for reportedly breaking up two black women from fighting each other. Why are we not talking about him protecting black women? We can still have this conversation about black men with Tory Lanez and Meg, but I also think it's important for us to also highlight the fact that this man was shot seven times in the back for reportedly saying, nah, y'all black women are not going to do this. We're not going to have y'all fighting each other. You know what I'm saying? Like that narrative is out there too. So it just feels like there's a disconnect there that it's important to highlight. I'm not diminishing and I'm not saying that one supersedes the other. I'm not saying, no, we need to just highlight only good black men and stop talking about the negative. I understand why, why black women feel the necessity to bring up the negatives that happen because for too long, they've either had to push the shit under the rug. I saw somebody put up the other day um, about, oh, oh, matter of fact, this thing was you sent me the article with Nicole XO and she- Nicole she XO be going the, ham, boy. She be going in. And she talked about the scenario where she had an abuser in the family and for her, the family told her basically, listen, just let it go. And now this abuser still tries to contact her. She's uncomfortable with it. Like, I understand that these stories need to be told because for a lot of us, we think it's sweet and shit ain't. You know, it's not equal. It's not sweet. We'll be kidding ourselves if we think it is. However, I think we're doing ourselves a disservice by just focusing on, yo, black men using that generalization as a narrative to talk about black men blanketedly all the time. You know what I'm saying? That's just my opinion on it. Yeah, I don't I don't like the generalization of it. I feel like. I don't even know much black men personally and majority of my friends are black. I don't know no black men personally that are abusive, that would do the silly shit that Tory did, that would openly threaten it or condone that type of behavior. And I think it's very seldom that you have, I could ask other friends that, and at, you know, like, you go amongst your circles and it's not much people that's going to be like, yo, Tori was valid for that, bro. He was mad valid for that. There might be the few of them, like you said, that might be like, yo, well, what, what the fuck could she have done to like provoke him to even want to do that? There are definitely they're, niggas who will try to justify his actions. Yeah, 100%. I, don't, I don't even think it's justifying. I just think they're looking at it like, well, what could she have done to provoke him? Because but, a lot but of times... In, in saying mm-hmm. that, they're looking for a justification. For some... For, for some men, there are definitely men out there who, I mean, you could go on the internet right now and you'll find fucking comments of of trying to yeah, justify or find I a think, reason why. I think a lot of times we want to assume that it's just not done randomly. and I, I, They're not condoning the fact that he did it. I think a lot of people are just more content knowing that, damn, he shouldn't have done that shit. You know? No, there there is that. There is that community as well, but there is also a community that is fine, is looking for justification, 
looking for a reason to say, oh, that's why Tori did it. See, nah, he n- he not the bad guy. There are people because remember what she claims happened was he was going around or his team was also going around pushing out a narrative that she hit him or that uh, something happened in the car. He was flirting and she was mad. And that's where the whole situation turned into to it being what it yeah, was. But, but shooting at her is still a bitch move in general. If, if it was uh, like, 100%. It's like, it's like, it's still a bitch move. Like, Chris and Rihanna's situation, you can look at that and be like, because even for me with Chris and Rihanna, I, I would have been like, damn, what she had, what could she have done for him to have to hit her back? But there's not much validation for what you could have done to shoot, to shoot at her, to put her life in danger. That's, that's I personally, that's I mean, wild. I hear you. I personally don't think there's validation in either one of those. Um, now, a fight, I'm, I, I, I'm going to say it. You, niggas can come at me if they want. A fight is a fight. If a shorty hit me and I at a point where I can't constrain, constrain, like I can't actually walk away or constrain her or do something that, that's wacky, things will happen. I'm not going to do it personally, but situations happen where you feel like you have to defend yourself. You I, I, just, I understand that perspective. Put a blanket I'm just, over I'm, that. But I'm just saying with the with the Chris and Rihanna situation, I'm not giving him bail either because they could have he could have left the car. Like I get what you're saying. There is there uh, we're human beings, so there there will always be a scenario where you feel like your life is in a, a, a in danger, where you feel like you have to defend yourself, regardless of if it's a man or a woman. I understand that perspective, a hundred percent. I'm just not shooting niggas bail that do stupid shit. That's yeah. That's I'm, my point. I'm I'm just it, off and on about certain things about that, but shooting is no. You're bugging in any scenario, even when it comes to niggas with niggas. A nigga come to you trying to throw up hands and you shoot a nigga. You're a pussy for that. You know, it's that that's how I look at things like that. Like you, you, you see that you gonna throw these hands as well, nigga. Get a stick, do anything else, but <laughs> don't shoot someone. Because they're trying to throw hands, you feel me? Like, niggas who do that is just on some silly nigga shit to me. So, at the end of the day, you know, Tori just trash her. There's, there's no, there's no, nothing beyond that. He's just dope. And, I, he's trash and there's, other, there's other conversations in this that need to be um, spoken about. Like, for instance, with the black men conversation, there are things that we need to be accountable for, such as we live in a patriarchy. So at the end of the day, what that means is we live in a society that favors men. At the end of the day, that that is a reality. And because of that, we will find ourselves sometimes in scenarios where we think it's equal, but it's not. And because of that, it will lead to situations where either women will feel unheard, women will, will be put in a bad situation, and we may not recognize it readily. And I, I, I think that that lend some credence to what you're saying about certain men asking we have the privilege in a sense to ask yo well what the what what the fuck happened like what what she did because in our mindset we're we're thinking about it from a totally different perspective that it's almost it's almost like white people in the police white people always ask what did the black person do when getting shot in the back or getting shot running away or whatever the case is and we as black people always say it doesn't even matter. They shouldn't have been shot. So there's niggas that talk from that perspective of patriarchy where they're just not being able to sit and realize that, yo, this, this, no matter what, the scenario is just fucked up. Then there's misogyny, patterns of behaviors, norms, 
uh, and other things that demonize, disrespect, or diminish women um, or demean them. And so there are men out there that definitely fall under that as well. They think women belong in a certain type of role. They think women, they think of women as objects. There's just so many different things um, in that layer. Um, so there's a tent for, for both of those. But then there are other things that I think we as a community need to start having more of a conversation about, like cultural issues. So there might be certain things within our culture that we accept that may put women in precarious situations or make them feel like they are less than or objectified. So certain things like that is the broken home, accepting the broken home in our community, in our culture a little bit, uh, accepting the, the impoverished living conditions that we have and glorifying gang violence. Like those are cultural things that not necessarily are, are directed at women, but are cultural things that we may need to, as a community, start having a conversation about. And then there's the historical context that really adds to this conversation about men and women. And Sister Soldier came out with a book called No Disrespect, one of my favorite books of all time. I, I encourage everybody to read about it. And in one of the chapters, she spoke about the welfare system. And a large part of what happened in the welfare system was black women could not get on welfare if the man was in the house. That was a law. That was part of the system. And so what a lot of black families did and a lot of black men did was they left the house. And they left it so that the women and the children could get the benefits. And this is after uh, factories and trade schools and trading was taken away. And I also listened to a podcast recently. Um, I'm going to shout them out in a little bit just so that they could get some credit because they reminded me of some of these things that I read about in the book. Um, let me find it because I don't I don't want to. It's called Prime Talks 2020 Clarity. Um, hold on. Let me just finish this point. So black men were black men either voluntarily left the house or were were kicked out of the house um, during this time. And then uh, other things that ended up happening were black men were attacked economically, right? Like the government did this. The government took away certain, certain jobs and, and situations of that nature where black men were able to provide for their family, which led to the welfare system, which led to them being moved out of the houses, whether voluntarily or having a conversation with, with the, the woman in the house and being told, oh, you got a dip. Um, and so a lot of these obviously add to the impact that the country itself has played a part in why there's this divide between black men and women. So that also leads me to feel like this is a wanted narrative. By who? I don't know, but there's historical context there. I what I'm what I'm gonna say is that um that what you're saying is very true. I just think that in order to get that, they, these systems work based off household income. And whoever resides at that address, they're factoring their household income. However, there, ha there are workarounds. I just don't think at that time we were factoring what those workarounds may be. So... We're talking, about the, we're talking about the 80s during the crack epidemic yeah. and, and before that. 
there are workarounds that were found out later on. Later on in the yeah. But at that time, that's what that's what they felt was necessary. I mean, not even felt. They were literally told when you when you went again. This is in the book as well. She recounts a time I think where her mother went to the welfare office and they they told her what what made you eligible. If a man was in the house, you were uneligible. For whatever reason, that rule was on the books. I don't think that that maybe that's how they explained it to them, but that is. It's funny because it's inaccurate, but I feel like they were saying it that way on purpose, because all that's the all that's really happening is that they're saying it's not that, the it's not the same. I don't know if you're trying to equate it to now and saying that that's not the case, but that definitely was something that was told to black families for a while and like was a practice. Yeah, because in order, I mean, honestly, maybe the wording is different now in this current day and age. But in order for you to go on welfare, SNAP, get any one of these governmental assistant programs, they factor in the household income. You have to be making underneath a certain amount of money in order for you to qualify for it. So if you're a mom with four children, if there's five people in the household, you have to be making underneath a certain amount. So I think what happened was they probably were just like, well, do you work? No. Well, if your husband stays there and work, you won't be able to qualify for it because based on the income, you wouldn't be able to get it. So that could so have no. been how so that narrative it, was placed. It, it, was, it was literally a regulation. It says a regulation that was formally applied in certain jurisdictions that denied poor families welfare payments in the event that a man resided under the same roof with them. This was a regulation. So it wasn't told to them no type of way. This was something that was actually done. Well, then that was they set that up on purpose, because there's no other, there's no other true reason for them to do that, other than purposely trying to break up the home. So it's it was either, it was either, the man stays there and provides, or if he's if not, then he has to leave that property because then what's the sense of giving you this welfare system if he's not going to actually provide? And I think I think the idea was, I mean, and this again goes back into patriarchy. The idea is, well, if you have an able-bodied man in the household, then that that man needs to go find work, a job, yeah, uh, or at least that was the idea that they said behind it. However, the fact that it was only in certain jurisdictions tells me that it seems like it was just another one of those governmental tools to fuck used to fuck up the black household. So it's really there's just some historical context some, behind it. There's some white man sitting in the office like, how are we finna fuck these niggas' community up? How we how can we do this? They already they can't get a job. So if they can't get a job, how can we break this like you have to put a lot of thought, a lot of thought into how you're going to systematically break down a community. It's crazy. And I know, I mean, we know why they do it, though. In, in America, in a capitalistic society, you have to have a poor class. Like, that, that's just the reality of the situation. We don't want to, like, we don't, we don't want to take that into consideration, or some people at least don't want to take that into consideration. But in order to incentivize people to, quote, well, in, in, their terminology incentivize people to quote unquote innovate and not want to be at the bottom there has to be a bottom so let's put people let let's designate a bottom and then say you you want to be better than them 
the problem is they also demonize the bottom. Poor people and black people and everybody else is not worthy of, of certain things. So I don't I really don't understand um the the concept of that, but but that's that's the reality of it, man. And unfortunately, we they they the American society looped all of us into that, and yeah. all of all black people into that realm, and and proceeded to keep us there as long as they could. Every time I see these situations, I'm just like, damn, that's a really deep to me. It's borderline mental issues, bro, because you have to have a lot of insecurities oh, for absolutely. you to figure out a way to try to purposely hold a group of people down. It's kind of insane to me. Absolutely. Uh, final thing. Again, we mentioned it already, but Jacob Blake, unfortunately, was shot seven times in the back by man. police officers after allegedly breaking up a fight uh, between two women. Um, so, of course, there's been protests. And my only thing on this is apparently y'all not getting it. <laughs> Yo, I don't that, know what that, y'all need to happen. That video, happen. son, is that's whack, bro. And dude is walking away. Dude is walking away. Yes, you should. Okay, he's walking away. Y'all trying to restrain him. Do a taser, bro. Do some other shit. This is my problem, son. Like, why do y'all all have? Why do guns you have out? guns out, son? Like, what this nigga has? Why do you have to pull out your gun? What can he do to you, bro? What can he do, son? If he tries to attack you, gun buck the nigga. Hit him in the back of the car. Poop. He gonna drop on the ground and that's that. But for you to, you see him walk into his car and your next result is to shoot him blatantly, bro. Seven times. He wasn't even, he wasn't even doing you anything. With his kids in the car. Yo, that type of shit, son. That's when I, that's for me personally, this is my conspiracy shit. They did that shit on purpose. They know what's finna happen. There's no way... No way y'all niggas didn't think this shit was going to fly. Y'all knew this was going to get to where it got to. This is why I'm just like, yo, people really, people, I don't know. This is, these yeah. type of shits don't happen coincidentally, son. Certain things don't happen coincidentally. Not when you know what the situation is right now. There's too much things that are happening right now, and I'm just like, y'all niggas know what the outcome of this is going to be. Y'all know, but y'all don't care. So, cool. We don't give a fuck either, then. Distinguished versus tough knot. Tough knot, man. Um, I just think it's I think it's I think it's important that we just become more and more aware of what it is that we have to do to fucking try to survive everything that's happening in 2020. 2020 is really trying to take us out in a financial way, verbal way, spiritual way, um, in a way where. It's trying to pit us against, you know, our, you know, counterparts, trying to pit us against our friends, our family members. So we just got to try to seek higher knowledge, man, and get to a higher place of understanding. You know, I was talking about this last last week. Um, it's unfortunate that um, we still are creating memes and we're still making jokes and we're still um, pointing the finger at people who um, we've deemed do wacky shit in the past. And, you know, we don't necessarily try to give people the opportunity to redeem themselves and even if we feel like we have you know we have to also understand some people are going through a mental illness or some type of mental situation right then and there we're so quick to you know just write people off and be like you know this person on some fuck shit or you know this person really just gotta get canceled forever for forever in life and 
you know, when we say that we're older and we say that, you know, we're growing up, are we really growing up when we continuously make memes? When we continuously tag people or we or we continuously talk shit about people? Because the way the, the way that I've been assessing shit, to be honest, I've been saying this for a minute now. There's a lot of people that I've known or we quote unquote came up with in this scene. Ten years ago, bro, ten years later, they still doing the same shit, still posting the same way, still living the same life. But yet niggas is screaming out growth. Niggas is screaming out change. Niggas is hypocrites. Niggas is hypocrites, boy. I'm telling you. All right, what would dad say? Dad would definitely say that we may not want to hear this, or, or maybe some some of the women might want to kill me on this episode for some of the things, uh, some of my points. Uh, this flow, this nigga flow, definitely going to hear some shit. <laughs> but um, I will say this: as long as the, as long as we keep this conversation at a point where we're talking at one another and not talking with each other. Nothing is going to change in this sentiment of black men and black women being so divided. And my hope is that we can get past this hurdle so that we can actually start doing the work to come together and heal each other uh, appropriately. And if that means that we have to leave behind the ones who are unwilling to change, then we leave them behind until they're ready to get their shit together, they act together. But... We have to, on both sides, black men and black women, have to stop stop kind of putting these shadows over each other's heads. Um, and I know there's a lot of talk about black men not protecting black women. And on that same podcast, there was definitely a conversation that the young lady had about all the times black women protect black men. A lot of her examples had to do with street shit. So I didn't really 100% agree with her on that capacity, but I got the sentiment. I understand what she meant. But I also do think that black men uh, in that same capacity have done those things. Like, for instance, how how many of us on this podcast feel like at some point in your life you were either mentally, verbally, or physically abused by a girl. I, I, It's happened to me. Yeah, it's, it's happened to me mad times. It's, yo, it's, I, it's, 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 it's still happening to me if I'm keeping it 100 present day, August 24th, 2020. It's still happening to me, so. And, and how many times have you reported that to the police or even brought it up? I've never brought it up. I only bring it up I bring up my most real life issues on this podcast and I still get killed. And, <laughs> and I think that I feel like that's the narrative for a lot of black men. And I'm not, I'm not justifying anything that any walkie shit that black men do. I'm just saying that that same sentiment of protection does go both ways. We just don't acknowledge it the same way. Like Flo, he's even finding a hard time, even kind of recognizing if it's happened to him or not, but part of it, if he's if he's going back and forth about it, there's things that it's, I'm pretty sure area. it's happened to D Flow. I'm pretty and I'm it, pretty sure he don't want to repeat it. It's, a, it's not that. It's just I just look at things in a certain type of way when it comes to being. We don't you know, internalize it that way. Yeah, it's like, most, it's like, most it's black like, men, 
But it has happened. That's the difference. It's happened, bro. Because we we as men are taught not to internalize being called a, a fuck nigga, being hit or slapped or or any or being told uh, or used financially wherever. We're told to just take that shit and keep it pushing. So you very rarely will hear a black man on any type of social media platform or any type of any platform talking about, yo, this shit happened to me and, and fuck this girl for life. If you've seen that shit, most of us will look at it and be like, this nigga's silly for that. It could be about it could be about anything, fellas. I could just take me as an example. A few episodes ago, I opened up about some shit in my sexuality. I still got killed. So I'm not saying I'm not, and again, I'm not saying that there's a equate. It's not equal in the sense of of black men don't do shit to black women. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just simply pointing out that. There has been protection um, in the same realms of like certain things that have been done and not necessarily a black man can't even really go to the police right now and be like, yeah, this girl slapped me. Police are going to look at the the nigga and be like, "Okay, well, remove yourself and, and, and go home. But it's just not the same. So all I'm saying is black men, you very rarely see black men on social media talking about, yo, this chick is, is X, Y, and Z, da-da-da-da-da. So um, in that essence, I just think that we have a lot to, to think about as a community in terms of instead of us just doing the blanketed, and not even this black girl, but black women, rather, is my point. Something happens to a black man, and they, they do blanket black women in other ways, but I very rarely say see niggas saying black women are abusers. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that the the rates are the same, so of course the conversation is different, but it does happen and you don't hear about it. So we just have to get past this blanketed generalization mode that we're in and start to really talk together as to how we can heal ourselves in the community. We're not having those conversations, and I would say that we need to start having them. Another episode of Dads the Bowties. Uh... I'm sure this is a little controversial, so uh, we will enjoy your comments and your thoughts on SoundCloud or wherever you are listening. So, uh, yeah, XAB, I'm out.